Oh, now he's getting sleepy. Oh, cats. All right, you want to do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. All right, here we go. Fine. What, do I got it? Oh, there I it is. It. God, you're a good button pusher, dude. I had a whole career in button pushing. All that's, well, oh, radio or yeah, band radio, managing? You're just button. <laughs> what? You push their buttons. They all hate no, you. No, you don't know anything about band management. The, the, the bands push your buttons. And then you hate them. And then you get out of the business. Yeah, I can imagine um, that. Because there's a 99.9% chance of failure Who, in the music business. What was the almost most famous but then biggest... It's almost famous. Like what? Like I mean, uh, yeah, I was, made that movie. What was the biggest? By the way, who welcome biggest, to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin, and I'm John Huck. Okay, now asking, ask a question. We're, we're asking the important questions today. Who was like the biggest dickheads you managed? I think you can say the biggest band I managed. But we can well, go but, but what I wanted to know is like, uh, like people we would know. Like, if, is there a band that is like famous or almost famous? Oh, you or mean like famous? Well, that, like what was the, the biggest? The people that I worked with never were. If you're asking, like, just being around the business and like tour managing and stuff like that, who who was um, the only person that was ever a douchebag? And I don't know his name, um, but um, can you describe? They his had face? that. Well, no. It, and the funny thing is, right now, the, even the the name of the band escapes me. But he, there's multiple stories about him. But we performed with him um, at a chicken special. A chicken special, uh, in, like in, a, like in a Fort Collins, fest? Colorado. No, when you when you're a starting band, you go you go out and and usually. You get to a venue, and the venue is not like, similar it's to stand-up comedy. It's not, it's not an actual venue. venue. Right. It's a, it's yeah. a restaurant yeah. that has a sandwich board outside. Sal's and usually, you are opening up for the special of the night, which is like chicken or spaghetti. Oh, I gotcha. Um, so uh, yeah. this this guy, they, they had the band. It was a band that had that song called The Freshman. Oh, a Verve Pipe? Verve Pipe, thank you. That guy How was did a I? Bag. I'm really annoyed at myself for knowing that, because that song was... Why, why would you be annoyed? It was, it was a hit song. It was a hit song, but that song was so annoying. There was all that talking in it, and it was like you're supposed to be in the school hall. No, that was a, there was another song. Was it a Boz Lerman song where he just talks about the whole thing? With no, but I'm talking like background talking, like... like like they took sound bites from one of your parties, high school from one of my parties. One of your parties. No, he was, but he was also notorious for being a douchebag. Because I, I, I can't remember if I've ever told this this, this story on the show before, but um, uh, I, I was told this story from a, a pretty big concert promoter back in the day uh, who was doing stuff with Kiss. And remember when Kiss came back from one of their many uh, reunion tours? Sure. Uh, their big thing is to always put bands in it that were from their hometown. So obviously the Verb Pipe was from either Michigan or Detroit, but oh, the bottom gotcha. line so is they, they were, were from there. there. Yeah. So they were opening up, and um, the lead singer of the Verb Pipe was like, I don't want to play our hit song. And Gene Simmons had caught wind of this. And said, the fuck you won't. He did, yeah. but it's a it, the, the story is even better. I mean, so the guy's being a douchebag. He doesn't want to play the hit song, but if you're in the music business, that's what people come for. That's what they they come to see. It's, you. It's, I can imagine being hard as a as a musician, like really annoying. It sucks, like, but I got to play Home Sweet Home every night. I got to play. It's like every time. Here's where here's here's the thing where I'm never going to defend you as a musician if you don't like playing your hit song. The, the um, I've been on a stage on an, and I, I was not the reason why twenty four thousand people cheered. It was the name of the band that I was introducing. Right. But to feel that rush and know what they get out of that, and 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 know that that's what they get every time they play that hit song, and to say I don't want to play that hit song, I just think it's kind of like come yeah. on man yeah really it's annoying. you don't want that reaction because i i felt that and i know what you're getting and that's amazing the pro the problem i see is like just being like i'm a very big grateful dead fan and mm-hmm. i, I can like tell by the beard I, and i like fish and when you go to those shows 
you're not going to be excited for everyone because they're not going to play the songs you might want to hear because their catalog is so massive. But there is always going to be like one, two Isn't things. one song, one concert for most of those bands? <laughs> uh, what did you get, a fucking uh, <laughs> joke book on how to make fun of it? <laughs> well, no, it's because most people are on drugs. They can sleep through half the song, wake up, and the same song is still on, and they miss nothing. I was not on drugs, and I slept through a part of the last <laughs> Grateful Dead concert <laughs> ever. that tell you? Um, but anyway, so back to the story. So Gene Simmons finds out that the... Late Sick of the Verb Pipe does not want to play the hit song. He gets pissed off. So before the show, he goes down to their dressing room uh, at this, where, whatever venue you're at, which is kind of in the basement, and he goes to the guy, and he's in full, like, kiss he's in his, He's in, he's got his boots, the show's his hair, start. He's been dressed up. He did his 17 hours to get ready bun. for the show, right? Yeah. And he comes downstairs, and he gets right in the face of the lead singer, and he's like, listen, motherfucker, you're going to play that hit song. That's what people come here for. This is called entertainment. This is show business. And you're going to play the hit song because that's what they came here for. You understand me? Because if you don't, after this show, I'm going to come back down here. And I'm going to beat the living shit out of you, you punk. And he turns around and storms out and hits his head oh. on, an, on an air vent and knocks himself out. Oh, out? Knocked himself out cold onto the ground. And all the guys are just kind of standing there staring at Gene Simmons knocked dressed out up in, like, his kiss you know, in his kiss outfit on the ground. He was the cold. bat. What was he? He was the bird. What was his deal? <laughs> I don't know. He's one of the dudes. The Not a guy mind. who can avoid um, low-hanging ceilings. <laughs> that is rough, dude. Because that's that's like turning. That's like giving an awesome speech and then turning around and stubbing your toe and like, ow! You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it classic takes the See, wind me, out of it all. But I love when life uh, does imitate art because that's something that somebody would write in a movie or a oh, TV show tap. and it's that's just like spinal spinal tap spinal. For yeah, sure. it's like boom and he's out. Yeah. I never got to, you know, I'm sure it was just like he probably woke up and was like, like I said, and then probably just walked out <laughs> like tried to recover yeah, I himself. Do. I would you know? like to know how he comes out of that like and tries to maintain his cool. I never did follow up the question on like, <laughs> what happened He's laying there like, okay, now I totally meant to hit my head and I felt down on purpose. Uh, so our guest today is uh, also uh, my neighbor, which makes it super easy to actually just roll up. Let's be honest; it's the only reason he's here. <laughs> he's it like, so- if I had to get in a car and drive here, you uh-huh. we're, we're Hollywood adjacent. We won't say exactly where we are. Nate Cordry, by the way, hello, Nate. Nate, Nate hey, good Cordry. morning, guys. And how I do you? like how Brian's not giving out his location in case everyone wants to come here and be a member of the yep. podcast okay. audience. All right, I'm only going to say this once because we freak- should give it- out the address. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you why. Here's the thing: I, I know that most, almost everybody nobody cares but i was doing some when, when i was making the movie i was doing a lot of periscoping you guys are familiar with the pair you know if you yes. pair. God, okay yeah. so i was doing periscoping and while i was periscoping somebody went they named one of the streets where Ooh. i was periscoping and i didn't understand what was going on in that moment it kind of you know because that's what they do they can write little messages to yeah. you yeah. like oh you're at clark and Walbash. yeah and it, it got really weird and I realized what it is, is in Periscope, the, if you don't turn off the location services, you're a GPS. They can literally zoom right into your exact location as to where you are. Gotcha. And that's a little bit creepy. on the unsettling That's a little bit side, creepy to yeah. me. I'm not saying that that person was weird or was going to do anything. Oh, they were. When they said those words, I felt violated and I don't know why. They just freaked me out. Yeah. Your butt got tingly. <laughs> I don't think you'd have anything to worry about. Either way, I mean, but I understand the thoughtfulness of being afraid that uh, maybe this is the one person who might show up and be like, hey, is this where the movie is? <laughs> you know, like, uh, with yeah. their headshot and an idea. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just rewrite the third act to include me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the fear, is, I guess, for me was not necessarily for me. It's your family. It's family. Yeah. And I, I, the first thing that goes in my mind is because I'm actually a rational, normal human being. I'm like, oh my God, I feel, for, I feel bad for every woman that goes on this thing and does not turn off her location. Oh service. my God. Because dudes are just creeps. Yeah. Yeah. Just creeps. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Dude, I think dude. anyone who's like, who's any lady who's 
being provocative on Periscope, hopefully is smart enough to, to turn well, it off. Then probably not. Probably yeah. not being smart enough. So I'm sure because they're young, right? They're young. They haven't thought the about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel bad just even on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff for like porn actresses. Like just they post one thing and it could be like this girl the other day. Like I, I follow a few of them just just because. Who do you follow? Uh, I follow <laughs> Who are your favorites. Uh, I follow. Well, the, the thing is. Like favorites, as in I think they're hot, or favorites in like I really think they're interesting because most of them aren't that interesting. Like I was following a couple that I was fans of, and then I don't want to hear about them taking their kids to school. I don't want to hear about a PTA meeting. I don't. So I had to stop following because it just ruins. Easy it. tiger. Then let's. St- I don't follow. I don't. I wouldn't like. I'm, I'm the I'm the goddamn president, and I don't really appreciate what you just said. Of president the, of, what? The, of the PTA. The PTA. Let, PTA. Let's let's always. Put, we talked about. Let's that. all put that on the end of it because when you yell, "I'm the president," people are like, "What the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. lunatic talking oh, about?" This room. Yeah. Of that cat. I'm the president of this podcast. <laughs> Fine, you can be president of the podcast. All right, back That's to your guys. Uh, yeah. Um. So I follow a couple, but they post this girl. I think it was Tori uh, Black posted a. A uh, picture of her as a little kid, just like in, in the sun, just like hey, being the little cute kid. And it was like a throwback Thursday thing. And the comments under that are like, oh, and no. now you're a whore. Ooh, that was four million dicks oh, ago. God. And I'm like, oh, God. Jesus, if you are, if you, f- my, my, my thought is if you follow somebody, you either have to because of a professional thing. Like I have to follow so many comics and I'm like, yeah, let's follow each other. This is great. But then if you're, th- th- that person, you only follow them if you're a fan or if you care about them or you're interested in them. I don't understand why you'd follow somebody just to harass them and be like, you're a whore. Like, oh, no, I understand. I mean, it, it's not something I've ever done. I've never trolled anyone unless they've like said something ridiculous and I've had to fucking say something back. I guess that's part the worst excuse ever to use. But, but I understand like I've, the very few times that I've had like political tweets, it's very, very rare. Um, the only time I actually had like a mini issue on Twitter was when I went on um, Greg, Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast, and we got into like a little bit of a battle. You and Greg, you, you and Greg, and Gre- yeah. But it was completely playful, and he started. He like he fucked with me twice, and I didn't like. I didn't roll over and sort of laugh his joke. I was like, nope, and I kind of went back at him, <laughs> and then we started laughing, and like it just sort of escalated and got crazier and crazier. But you were both having fun. It was a blast, yeah, yeah, and okay. I fucking love. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, Greg is really funny. Super funny. It ended, and when he put up when he, when he put it up on the on the air, um, like fifty like hardcore. Greg Fitzsimmons fans wrote to me like you you're such a pussy you fuck you're nobody you're a fucking D-list nobody what? What, who, who are you to fucking what? fight <laughs> he invited you you're lucky to be on the show and I was like and so the first thing I wrote back to anyone was like, well, you're obviously not very bright because you didn't realize that it was fun and it was a bit. <laughs> and then yeah. they just dig in their heels even deeper. And like, I, but fuck you. Feeling, yeah, but feeling that, feeling, I mean, you're in a fight and yeah, you, your, your adrenaline starts going yeah. and it becomes a, like a fucking, this, you start my fingers, I start clenching my fucking fists yeah. and it starts ruining my day and it's something I think about. Yeah. Do you know do you know John Bowie, John Ross Bowie? Uh, he's an actor, no. a comedian. Um, he's, uh, he's, he has this uh, big arc on Big Bang Theory so I think a lot of people in the middle of, of the country follow him but he's, he's from New York, he's super liberal, he's very progressive and he's politically inclined so he tweets a lot like about sort of leftist opinions and he gets a lot of people fucking with him but he just he just fights and retweets all of their horrible terrible comments and it's something that like makes me anxious but i also get why these fucking scumbag trolls do it because they have no power no. and no substance and this is just one little way that they can speak truth to power right. even though their truth is Shit. insane yeah. they still feel like well this is 
I can interact with this person. I can have I can have my and when they and when that celebrity or whoever responds, you feel validation. Yeah, even, but even you, so, and, and to get you to be like fuck you, and to, to get you to interact negatively with them, it's like oh look at this pussy. I knew he would fucking like exactly. They, they took the bait. Playing into what they're exactly. saying, which just goes to my question: what what drove you to want to answer? Because I don't answer people. After if anybody while, ever, you just get so frustrated with it. You're hard. like, I gotta fucking say something. You have people to, yeah. are idiots. After a while, you have to just sit. You just have to sit on it. But the first time, I never. No one had ever attacked me because there's nothing to attack. No, right? Yeah. I don't know like, why I'm not, yeah. You. So, well, I, so what, are you, what are your most of your posts about? Are you are you uh, uh, sports jokes. related? Yeah. Jo- I, jokes? I don't even okay. tweet that much about sports because I know that it's. Even it that another volatile. So He's from yeah. Boston, so yeah. that even that the is a line in the stand. And I know how fucking how. <laughs> yeah. You know. Up until I'm, a couple years ago, Red Sox yes, fans were like, "Hey, okay." And yeah. now it's like, Same "You with, shut the exactly, fuck up." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I hope to be that way in a, as a Cubs fan in a few years. Oh man, well this is uh, it's no, looking good so don't, far. Don't, Fair don't, enough. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. It's all good. It's all good. But uh, yeah, uh, so so if it had been one person, you probably wouldn't answer. It was because it was a cu- it was enough yeah, it was that you were like, people, you know what? And I was like, oh fuck. Well, the first thing I had was like, they're right, and I'm and I'm wrong. I took it too far, and I was an asshole. And oh, you like, actually oh, thought about yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. When you have enough people going, you're this, you're this. You, you're like, it's maybe hard I am to that. not fucking yeah. 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 So then I was like, oh god, maybe my perception is completely fucked up. Maybe I interpreted that. That whole experience with him completely incorrectly. Yeah, now you're questioning oh, your relationship with Craig. Yeah, and like, yeah. And he Christ. when he, he emailed me and was like, that was so much fun. I'm so glad we, like, it was a battle. It was great fun. Please come back and do it. And uh, and he, and my brother actually emailed him. Uh, I forget, some, like someone messaged my brother and was like, your fucking idiot brother got in a fight with... with, uh, with, with a friend of his, though. Not, not just some random No, some troll. random guy, like on Twitter. Oh, and God. and wait, my wait, brother... How is this his business? It's so weird. It's so yeah. crazy. It's, get but, but, family, I mean, too. It's... Yeah, but he and I are like, are com- always, will always be linked because we do the same thing for a living. Yeah. So I, I get that. But <laughs> and he, it was just a strange... And then it sort of died down. But I went back and forth with these two guys who, of course, didn't have a picture. It was just a little fucking egg. <laughs> oh no, picture! Idiot. Of course that's, not. That's of course, fuck. those people don't put but up that pictures. That is such pussy. That's and a, I just read through move. his his you know feed, yeah. and every single comment was like a "fuck you, you dumb cunt," <laughs> yeah. like just poison. Yeah, it's like God damn. That's what who that guy is does all day. Just poison. And he's dead on the inside, and it's eating and him he, inside yeah, out. He's just he's he <laughs> has this poison, but he can't get it out as a human living in the world. Right? He right. can't say it to someone. He can't go to face. work and be like, "Shut up, it's, you cunt." Exactly. <laughs> this is the way that he gets to say the c word. So and he gets to, and he gets God to say it to people it. that are you know that this is like I, I I always equate Twitter people like that on Twitter like how I was when I was growing up. Like as I was growing yeah. up, I didn't understand like making a living in Hollywood by any sense of the means. So if there was a movie I didn't like, the people in that movie sucked. Yeah, it's like, and they, and they weren't ben real Affleck people. Ben Affleck was a fucking turd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> Ben Affleck can go jump off a cliff. Like, fuck this guy. Right. And that's like, and that's going all the way through college when I was like, fuck this movie, fuck that actor. I had like <laughs> yeah. the people I liked and that was all I liked. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else could fucking stick it. And then I moved out here and I'm like, oh, Jesus, but Ben Affleck's just trying to make a living. Yeah, man. we're all, exactly. Doing, everybody's just exactly. doing... <laughs> Yeah, thing, man. So what if you do a movie that's I've done two movies that people are like they suck. I'm right. like, yeah, I get do you wanna, it. Like, do you want to say what they are? No, okay. dude, I don't want to. I'm not. Tr- actually, I was in a movie. It just got into. <laughs> You're like, a, no, I do not want to talk. About I, I, I was uh, dumbbells. Just got into uh, summer Summer Slam Film Festival, which I went to look up to find out where it was, and it's only online. It's, so a, it's a film I, festival. It's an online, online film festival. Online yeah. film festival. Huh. So. It's a future. It's a future. Oh, God, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the future is scary as hell. 
But um, but yeah. So as you, as those people, I'm assuming aren't living in L.A. They're not living in anywhere near the entertainment industry. Yeah. They're living in some remote area where they're like, yeah, I can say this to you because they, I think we you're don't a exist. Actor. We're not I, real people. You're not real people. And yeah. I love people who are like. I saw some, somebody comment on a, sh- a TV show like, F- not funny, fucking stupid, I could make a better TV. And Michael Ian Black was like, actually, I just went back and looked at your Twitter feed. I don't think you have any <laughs> writing skills at all. Why would you think that you could make a TV show? And this guy's yeah. like, fuck you. And, yeah. and Michael Ian Black interacts with a lot of these people. I, I'm yeah. surprised how many people do. Like, I mean, I, I also, I'm actually, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I, I understand the intelligence behind the interaction, sure. which is exposing the ignorance yeah. of the people. But the people are seeing it the way you were talking about, which is like, oh my God, they just gave me the voice that I've been looking for. Yeah. Exactly. And they're, because they're so delusional. They have yeah. no idea. They're the same people that pre Twitter would go on um, CNN or ESPN, and whenever there was a hot article, they were the ones that basically took took over the comment thread yeah, the, they would and go always moved boards. it to something else right. that yeah. was yeah. just basically tro- – it's, it's original troll, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I, I like what you said. When you when you interact like that, you start to get anxious like you're in a fight. Oh, it's like, real. It's a real I've, fight. I've, I've interacted with people like that, and I've just gotten sweaty and been oh, like, yeah. if this person was in front of me, yeah. I would fucking throttle them down. Yeah, but yeah, that the was stairs. the Fox like, robot. No, that turns And he, by the way, he hates the Fox robot. You guys have a, something in common. Who likes the Fox robot? No, nobody, but it turned out I, <laughs> I tweeted something like, something, I wish a cyborg would butt fuck the Fox. I was something about murdering the Fox robot. And the, Cletus. Yeah, and the response I got back from the Fox robot was, calm down, John. Go sit on your couch. And I was like, whoa. I go, I go this motherfucker knows me? And it turned out to be a friend of mine who was tweeting as the Fox no. robot for Fox. Yeah, it was oh my, my God. The guy I bought my couch from, Jay Larson. <laughs> Holy shit. So it was so funny. Like after a while, I'm like, Jay, were you the fuck? He said, who the fuck do you think would tweet back shit about your couch? Who else knows that? Oh I my saw- God. I was like, no one, I guess. It was like really funny. That's amazing. Because at first I was like, oh, now I'm just going to fucking go crazy on the Fox robot on Twitter. Yeah. Because no, like you said, no one else likes the Fox robot. No. And it doesn't matter. And now you're fighting an inanimate object instead of like an actual fuck you, Brian Irwin. But that, that, like- ro- that robot is super good at football because he always catches it. He's always oh, sacking on the robot. He's good robots. at baseball too. Right around October, oh, yeah, he's yeah. hitting pumpkins. He shows up. Yeah. Hitting pumpkins with and the they bat. They destroyed my uh, robot. But he thought he was what? doing me a favor. You don't remember? We were watching. It was one of the Packer. It was a Packer playoff game. Yeah. Remember? And oh, yeah, I had, had everything displayed. Cletus. And yeah. you said, it's because of that fucking robot up there. And he <laughs> threw it on the ground and he stomped on it a couple times in hopes that that would turn it around. And what happened? They lost. But, Shit. The, <laughs> but, but the robot stayed broken, correct? <laughs> it did. Then it's a win-win. I didn't, but Elliot liked <laughs> the on. robot, so I had to fit. What? Time out. Can we, let's go back. Yeah. Now it looks like I'm just a fucking madman. <laughs> Fighting on Twitter, inf- trash in Brian's yeah. house. I didn't just grab the thing and <laughs> you smash it. You asked me if you, you said yes. this. You, you, you had, That's okay. something you left out 30 seconds ago. Guys, Nate punched me The picture you here. just painted for your listeners was that I grabbed shit off your mantle <laughs> and Smash smashed it. it on your floor. Which is actually a I toy did not for do your that. children. Exactly. No, no. I but, asked but you. Yes, because you I thought it was like a cleansing yes. of the... And you said, yes, Nate, I did. you can do that. I did. Okay, good. All right. It wasn't the, when it, you brought out the hammer. We were like, "Hey, that's too far." <laughs> no, no, he brought I it with him. Ask, he yeah. always brings. Oh, I take hammers yeah. everywhere to yeah. all the games. I'm not a no, violent man, but what, something. I, I carry hammers for Twitter fights and Fox robots. So, Nate, you're you're actually not originally from Boston, but you are from outside a suburb outside of Boston. Like, what's yeah. your I've what's your little history? The, I've never lived. Uh, I never lived in the city. I never paid Boston city tax. I grew up in Weymouth, which is like. 12 miles south of the city of suburb. Okay, so you think this is why you don't come off? I mean, outside of the way Brian paints you, uh, you don't come off as an angry human being because you never lived in the city of Boston? Um, I have plenty of New England anger. There's there's residual anger throughout oh, those okay. states, for sure. I feel like it's real redheaded angry in, in Boston. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. I think I think the, the nuts and bolts of it are, is that it's... Uh, 
that New England, specifically Massachusetts and anywhere near Boston, was founded by Puritans. We're all descendants of Puritans, people who are from New England. And, the, and I think it's Puritanism and the weather. And the yeah. combination of those two things, people need to fight back against that stuff. And even now, it's, it's people, people think of Massachusetts as a very liberal state and a progressive place, and there are more universities per square mile in Boston than any other city in the world. There's lots of youth, there's lots of brains, there's lots of money. So you think that stuff leads to progress, progressive ideals, but the foundation of that state is Puritanism and and the Catholic Church, and and it's very parochial, and you can't step out of place. If you do, you're a weirdo. Like, everyone wears the same shit, has the same tastes in music, and yeah. do, has no interest in art. I like the Dropkick Murphys. Exactly. I like the Boston <laughs> Matthews, Red Sox. And I like the Steve Miller Band. And yeah. Everyone else can fuck off. Big old jet airliner. Exactly. My favorite yep. song. I'll, every time they come to the, the Tweety Center. this is still now? I, I haven't lived there in okay. years. Okay. But every time I go back, like, all of my... Like, I walk down the street, and the people who I see um, are wearing North Face jackets and have a conservative haircut <laughs> and would think that I'm a weirdo. Like, if you listen to punk rock or you, like, want to live a creative life, you are other. You're yeah, off. If you're, a thing, a, if you're a thinker. Yeah. If, if, yeah. You, if you say, well, what about this? People go, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hey, faggot. Hey, hey, exactly. Easy, faggot. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, I... I, I I think it's, it's, it's changed a lot since I grew up there, for sure. But um, li- I, from Boston, I moved to New York. I lived in New York for seven years. And so living in New York was just, it couldn't have been more different. More right? different. And school? I grew up, did you go to school? Or did you, so did you graduate high school and then you went to, what'd you do? I went to college in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, and then from, okay. from there, I moved to you, New York. New York, okay. And being in New York, I remember like my second year, literally, I was walking down 14th Street, going to the train, and I, I, like, I literally stopped. I... I stopped walking and I was like this is finally I'm living in a place where I can be myself yeah I don't have to I don't have to censor anything I'm gonna be exactly who I wanna be and do what I wanna do and no one gives a Fuck. No, no, definitely no, not New York. And if you're not doing with... that, you're other, right. basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it couldn't have been further from, from where I grew up, which was very conservative. So... Um, there, it was such an enormous sort of transition, but a, amazing fucking, the best so, kind of transition. Yeah, so let me you, ask, you were excited about being in New York. Yeah, oh, God, I was I just going to ask so you, so loved for it. you, like, I remember, um, I moved out here, obviously, I think when I was 31, it was like post-divorce or something like that. So to me, it, it was a couple months in where all of a sudden I had this warm feeling come over my body that I had made a transition in my life. It was completely different from everything. I came from Wisconsin, so... Everything I knew That's in life was man. so. It's extre- it became <laughs> yeah. extremely different. You're, yeah. you're at beaches and mountains and like just a different lifestyle. You're no more snow, that, like all these weird no things, more right? Giant fat people everywhere you go. It wasn't about that. It was just, it was so <laughs> traffic. That was the one thing, right? Well, right. But, you yeah. know, I mean, I just spent all of a sudden, I was all this time at this beach and something came over him. I was like, oh my God. This is this is the world like this, and I'm not yeah. saying in a, in a microcosm, but the, at that moment it was like switch everything. I started yeah. enjoying life. I saw it a completely different way because I was like, no, 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 it's okay. You don't have to hold on to all that stuff that you were trained, mentally trained to do. In another, so was that kind of like for me? I romanticize. I initially moved out to San Diego, so S- San Diego will always have like this romantic feel to me because that's where it happened. Yeah, I don't know how is that how New York is to yeah, you? Yeah, every time that- I, it's gotten a little bit. It's different a little bit now because I, it's I've been away for nine years, but every time I go back to New York, it's just a fucking nostalgia factory. Every corner I turn, I go, oh, there's another fucking memory of some 
terrible girl or, oh, God, this is a block I walked on when I got that job. Or there's another block where I, you know, f- f- fell in love. Or there's another, you know, where I, f- whatever. That, that city is just littered with fucking memories. And the, the smell, do you, do you have uh, uh, smell memories yeah, as well? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Urine. Yeah. Urine. Yeah, when I, growing up, um, the smell, um, this would always bring me back to Fenway Park. It was fresh cut grass, mm. urine, and <laughs> cigar smoke. Yes. yes. Those yeah. smells, that's what Fenway Park smells Bottle like. Bottle that and put it in a bottle. Exactly. And a candle. And a generous candle. Put that at Pier 1 and fucking make your millions. Yeah. The but old... now it's all cleaned up. And, oh, really? And yeah, yeah. You can't. You know, we can't smoke. We can't smoke, right. But, but I sm- I'm assuming if you're, walking, crop... but if you're walking outside Fenway and you smell that cigar, right? Yeah. Like, instantly. For me now, it's more, um, it's more the dirt. You can smell the dirt and the grass okay and for me that that sort of brings it back but when i was going to fenway it was uh, the troughs there weren't urinals yeah so it was, it was like just fucking terrifying being a nine-year-old boy walking <laughs> up with your yes. dad and you're at like dick level yeah. you know because you're whatever how many feet tall <laughs> exactly and i can't i have i have pee shyness issues to begin with well that's probably um, where it started is at yeah, the trough of yeah, fenway exactly yep that's where <laughs> it same comes, thing at wrigley doctor. yeah same thing at wrigley then it's soldier field but long before they redid the bathrooms there was all troughs and i remember being in there like I don't oh, think God. a little boy is supposed to see this many dicks. Oh, no, so well, many not dicks. only that, but the trough thing, you're seeing a river of yeah, urine float past you. Yeah. So, like, there's so gross. many levels of like, And you're just, br- and you're, you have yeah. to breathe, so you're breathing in everyone else's yeah. 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 so bad. I mean, I love it now. Whenever I see a trough, I'm like, oh, this is the fucking, right. oh my God, holy shit. They're, these things still exist. Um, but yeah, those that that memory is like f- fresh cut grass, dirt, urine, and cigar smoke. Now, obviously, you're going to say this is better, but I assume you went to Yankee and Mets games when you were living in New York? Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. And yeah. you clearly like it. Fenway better? Uh, oh, of, yeah, of course. In terms of stadiums. Yeah, yeah Shea is a fucking, was well, a dump, yeah. an absolute yeah. dump. Yankee Stadium was great. The old um, Yankee Stadium. The yeah. old Yankee Stadium, because it had real... And this is this is in, uh, during a great the, the most recent period of the rivalry, which was I, I moved there in two thousand, and two thousand three was crazy. Two thousand four, of course, was Oof. epic. But did uh, you go to games? I did. I went to games all the time. No, and, I mean a playoff games during that time. Before, uh, oh, Red Sox no. Yankees. No, that's I, too hard. In, in two thousand four, I went to Fenway for the last for the last for game three when the Red Sox lost for the last time. They lost yeah. nineteen to eight. And I remember dri- then, I left in the eighth with my dad and driving home listening to the fucking radio, and it was like, oh, my God, they're going to get fucking swept. They're going to get swept. Fucking, oh, my God, I got to go back to New York on Monday. And, and listen to these fucking assholes. Nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, but living in New York and going to uh, Yankee Stadium as a, as a Red Sox fan, before 9-11 was scary. Okay. I remember being in there in 2000, going to a game, and having a Red Sox hat on and going to the bathroom late in the game when everyone's bombed. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I remember going into the bathroom by myself. I didn't take, I didn't go with a buddy, and I had my Red Sox hat on. And I'm at the urinal pissing, and there's you know like a hundred guys waiting, and they're just going, uh, "Boston sucks," and they were just everyone started fucking chanting it. And this guy was right next to me. He was pissing. His cock was in his hand, <laughs> and he was turned fully like at a like ninety degrees, <laughs> and, going, and I could feel the spit, spit oh. hitting hitting my neck. Oh. And he was like, I, and so he like he knew that was happening, so he started like up the fucking spit yeah. a little bit. <laughs> oh god! And I was like, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Exactly, I'm gonna fucking die. I'm gonna die here. I've never been so scared in the stadium. Anyway, but after nine eleven, after nine eleven, just things things completely changed. People calm yeah. down. Yeah. People calm down. Yeah. And I, there's bigger problems than sports. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So going to going to Yankee Stadium after nine eleven was a different different. It experience. was a friendly rivalry. Is that was that what you kind of know? Yeah, it's like people, people would still, still say stuff. People but... still yell and scream, but there's but there's not that like. 
I will Fuck, stab, I'm gonna get hit. I'm I will stab hit. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shifted to the West Coast. That's where it happens it was, now. It kind of has because I I went to a White Sox, I went to a Cubs Mets game at Old Shea right the year they before they tore it down, and <laughs> Jason Marquis for the Cubs was a pitcher at the time. He mm-hmm. hit a grand slam. And I had a Cubs hat on, and I was by myself at the game because oh, I, no. I was out there just doing comedy. So I just went to a game, and I stood up like, "Woo!" Oh no! And then I was like, ah, "I probably shouldn't have done that." <laughs> I sat back down, and this old, old, old black lady like near me goes, "Honey, you can root for whoever you want, but just remember, you're in Shea Stadium." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, no, I know." And then that's when it, like people just started throwing food. Yep. Yeah, I started exactly. getting hit in the back with quarters. Like, go fucking back to Chicago, yeah. you piece of shit! And I was yeah. like. Okay, well, I'm going to get out of here now. So, uh, so I just yeah. went and just got on a subway where there were a bunch of cops and then just rode it back to my <laughs> subway with hotel. Police. I was like, yeah, that was uncomfortable. But then in Yankee Stadium, I was rooting. I, I wore a Cubs hat because that's all I had, and they were playing the White Sox. And I was kind of like, man, it'd be great if both these fucking teams could lose. And yeah, uh, I was sitting next to a Yankee fan. And I go, I go, you guys have? Are there any? Like, I feel like, you know, Boston probably. Be, he goes, actually, man. We really don't care anymore. It's like just play baseball, and I was like, "Is that you or is that yeah, everybody?" He's him. like, "He's like, well, I think it's most of me and my friends. It's a lot more people than you'd think." It's like, I don't care that you got a Cubs hat. I wouldn't care if you had a White Sox hat. I go, "Well, my fucking friends would care if I had a White Sox." Hand. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to be doing that. No. But, but it was just such a more calm attitude, and I, yeah, I think it probably does. 9-11, you're right. People were like, why are we, what are we doing? We're getting yeah, mad because that yeah, guy has a different hat on than well, I mean, you start doing the, like when, when, when the game starts and you do the <laughs> anthem, it's like, it's, it's just, it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you lived in New York in 9-11? I was living in Brooklyn, yeah, okay, that morning. And, yep. uh, all right, well, walk. I, 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 I know this is old hat, but I'm always in, I don't, I yeah, talk uh, to a lot of people that have lived there during that time. I, I know a few, but it's always an interesting perspective. It's not, it wasn't that long. It seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't, was it? I haven't even, Sorry, no. I was going to say, in hindsight, it's not—it's not that long ago. I mean, when you think about your life and now, I'm. Well, it also changed the world. Old. I mean, it changed the world as we know it anyway. And yeah. you were so so much closer to it than than <laughs> yeah, obviously Brooklyn, so many Jesus. people. So I'm sorry. No, yeah, I, 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 it's a crazy, it's a crazy story because my dad worked at Logan Airport for 30 years, and so he was there that morning. This is before he retired, so he called me. So he was he was at where the, where the planes took off. Yeah, yeah the planes took one off. Of, from one Logan. of the planes, all of them. Two, two planes left from Boston. I, think, I feel like they all left from Boston. Yeah, they all left from Boston. Yeah. That's right. What it was, Boston. Yeah. Um, and I know United ninety three did, and uh, that was bound to San Francisco. Um, he woke me up. It was like eight oh seven on a fucking Tuesday, and he calls me, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I'm like, hello. He's like, "Are you home?" And I was like, yeah, why the fuck are you calling me at eight in the morning? Which what am I, a person that works? I'm an actor. I don't have an audition until three. I drank 30 beers the night before. Yeah. And I smoked so much dope. I yeah. didn't say that to my dad. No, but in your head, you're like, come like, on, Pops, you got to know what's going on. This is weird that here. he's calling me this early. And, uh, and he's like, turn on the TV. You know, it's like dummy. And I was like, oh, he's like, where's your brother? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Were you guys living together? No, no. no. Okay. He lived in Brooklyn too, but a different um, different neighborhood. But he used to temp at the World Trade Center. This was years before. You he, did or he did? No, he did. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, so I was like, okay. So I turned on the TV and the first tower had been hit. And, uh, and I was like, oh shit, what happened? Uh, and then I woke up my, I woke up my, uh, roommates, I had three roommates, and we all gathered around the TV and watched it happen. 
and watch the second one hit. The second one I saw live on TV. Are you hearing anything in the atmosphere, like as far as a no. ton of sirens? You, I mean, yes, are, so you could hear sirens. Can you hear chaos? Here's what's crazy. My, I lived in Williamsburg, and Metropolitan Avenue runs uh, west to east. And if you stood on Metropolitan Avenue and looked west, it would be a direct view of the Twin Towers. So whenever I would go down Metropolitan, I would, I'd be walking towards the train, and I would just stare at the, at the towers. So I ran. That happened. I was like, holy shit. So I was like, I should run to the roof or I should run to the corner. So I ran to the corner and just stood in the corner with a hundred people all just staring at them, watching them burn. And this huge dump truck drove by this enormous like industrial dump truck that had like scrap metal and like broken cars in it. Like not something that was picking up trash. This was like a fucking hardcore. And it was a guy... Uh, who was who had his window down with his arm like this, like almost like in celebration, screaming something in a language I didn't understand, and I didn't know if it was like "fuck those guys" or "Yahoo," and my gut was that it was he was saying like "Yahoo, this is good news," and I turned to the guy next to me. I'm like, "Did you see that?" He's like, "I, I don't know what that means," and so I I was like, and then the, then my brain started going. Oh, At this shit. time, did you know something? No. No, did but that was the first. Were, but you thought there were two. It was an accident. Two planes accidentally crashed that, into the twin. Or towers. you just couldn't figure out what the. Fuck. I did the, the second. I, I thought I assumed it was an accident that there was some air traffic control issue and the computer on these planes had just malfunctioned exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I ran back and I ran to the roof of my building and watched them both burn from the roof of my building, like by myself and with my roommate. Ran down the stairs, and as I walked into, I'm getting chills thinking about it, walked into my living room, the first tower fell. And seeing that fall live, oh man. Are you seeing it on TV, or yeah, you actually on, watched no, the No, no, on TV. Okay, I was okay. on the roof. I came down and watched it on TV. And at that moment, I said, we're at war. Okay, by then you're like, okay, this yeah. is whack. Because I mean, the yeah. thing is, is, we all felt that out on the West Coast. I don't know where you were at that yeah. time. Were you out here, John? I was out here, yeah. Yeah, you, you feel it? But I could only imagine being that much. Cl- I mean, you're th- you're in the middle of it. Like for all intents and purposes, you are right there. So whatever yeah. the hell is going on, yeah, right. Like I wasn't. The- yeah, or I, did you not see it that way? No, no, no. I saw it all. I I mean, I, I didn't think uh, it's it's so it's so, so many strange feelings. I just it was a, an overwhelming feeling, but it wasn't fear. Like I didn't think that I was. Yeah, that's so fucking foolish. But I was like, well, there's nowhere they're coming out here to my neighborhood because right. I live in a fucking ghetto. No one's going to put a bomb out here. But, I, but seeing it and feeling that, like I was so close to it and to, to the biggest event on planet Earth in the last... I don't know if there's a bigger event besides uh, not on well, not on this soil, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be probably soil. It was that was pretty like, massive. Probably Pearl the biggest, Harbor, right? Yeah, I mean, besides like Pearl Harbor, like you know. The like VE day, like I don't right, know, like right. it's, so. I felt like the history of it. I felt like, oh my god, I'm. W- this is okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, and uh, and I remember like going into Brooklyn that night to see my brother. He lived by the water near Brooklyn Heights. So, and- how? Just out of curiosity, just so I can get perspective. I mean, it's been a while since I've been out there. The um, when you're looking <clears throat> at what's going on. Is it like tiny, small like this, or is you feel a lot close? Like how close did you feel to it from where you close, were? Close, close. Yeah, it wasn't tiny. It I wasn't. Mean, those- it wasn't a tiny distance. I mean, I've seen some people who took like cell phone video and stuff like that. Were in there. Yeah. And it seemed like they were pretty far away, but they were in. They were in Brooklyn or something. I mean, those like that, buildings were so huge. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. under over a hundred stories. So I um, and they're just they're 
ubiquitous to the to the skyline. They're just part of the fucking. Um, Did you go back outside after you saw the thing collapse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it was so it was so amazing walking through the city that day. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't get into Manhattan because you couldn't. I lived on the L train, which runs along 14th. And if you above 14th was open, below 14th it was all like martial law. Basically, you couldn't go below 14th unless mm-hmm. you had an ID proving that you lived there. Okay, and you couldn't drive there. It was only for emergency vehicles. Why would people want to go there? I mean, you wouldn't want to go oh, back there. Would you? Of course, people, people oh, really? so wanted to go there. Like, I mean, and you don't know why it, some of know? it, right? Oh. Some people have no idea why they want to go. But well, they, you, right? Yeah, you, you just want to get there. And yeah, you just want to you want to be a part of it. You want to fucking go there and and see like chaos and but i think there was thousands of people also also like wanted to help and there are so many stories of people like going down there like talking just convincing a cop like i have this background in welding or i I, i'm a carpenter i'm an emt person or whatever oh wow and they just let you through so you can like do your part um actually just recently yesterday i saw i think it's kathleen hillebrand um she tweeted yesterday that some woman died whose name i don't remember which is a shame um, and she died from complications from the cancer she got from like being an EMT worker oh, down there at 9-11. Jesus and Christ. the city has not compensated them. They still have not gone through nope. the whole thing. Nope. Uh, and there's a reason why it took so long to build that fucking building. Just dollars. <clears throat> just fucking money. You think like an event like that would prompt people to like, all right, maybe it's more important that we just get this done and take care of it and make sure that this like goes back up and we show that we are still strong. Yeah. But nope, it does not fucking matter. They didn't have enough tenants to move into the building and so they couldn't fucking build it. Not enough people wanted to move in. So I don't know. I, I got on my soapbox there for a second. Anyway, so a bunch of people did try to get down there and go down there. Um, a crazier story about this, this is just, you know my buddy Sean Mullen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's a comedian and writer and filmmaker. Um, he was he went to West Point and he was in the Army. He was a captain in the Army at that time. And he was living in New York, going to Columbia Film School and doing comedy at the UCB. And he was like the only, like one of like 10 guys there who went to West Point and was an officer and had, he lived in Germany a couple of years after West Point. And he was basically put in charge of the cleanup at 9-11. That morgue that opened up at a Burger King like that afternoon, mm-hmm. that's Sean. Like Sean Whoa. decided that this Burger King is going to now be the morgue. And he ran 9-11 for months and I'm waiting. He's he's trying to write this movie, his story, basically of doing comedy at night and like digging through the rubble during the day. It's an oh, unfucking God. believable story. Um, and he's the fucking greatest guy ever. Um, but uh, ask him his nine eleven stories. Holy fucking shit! Um, yeah, he was right there. He was, well, if you're oh in charge, if, if you're the one making those decisions, he was like, there. He was there. Yeah, but you never went in. No. Okay. No, never. Did you uh, did you try? Did you think about it or no. or were you always like what I'm, I'm not just, going I'm, I'm not I'm no. There's no there's no reason to go down there. Okay. The way, the thing that I most remember two things. I remember the smell. It was like burned just the smell of burned metal. And then that night I went to see my brother who lived by the promenade in Brooklyn, which is this unbelievable view of the Brooklyn Bridge to your right. He lived he didn't live far from the Brooklyn Bridge. And then straight across to Lower Manhattan. And it's an unbelievable fucking, it's just so beautiful. And that night, FDR Drive is the, is the main highway on the east side of Manhattan. It's like the river, FDR, and then the city. And the entire length of the FDR, from the very lowest tip, like Battery Park, all the way up past the Brooklyn Bridge, as far as you can see, was just red lights. 
I, just flashing red lights, and you could just you could still smell smoke. And seeing on those red lights, I, I remember trying to count them. I was like, how many fucking every fire engine in all the boroughs are there right now? There was a fire. There was some catastrophe in Queens that night. <clears throat> they would have let the fucking yeah. building burn. Yep. Yeah. Um, so seeing that that evening, uh, and and the wind was blowing east, so the cloud moved east into Brooklyn. Oh. There was it was like it had snowed. There was just ash over everyone's car. I remember like my brother picking up like a half burned piece of paper, like it was like a memo. It was still you can see the fucking writing on it. It had floated through the cloud all the way to Brooklyn and just like ended up on a car. Um, so that was like him putting his finger on the car like wiping the ash off the car was the was the 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 other memory that will stick with me but every time i it's rare that you smell like burning metal but you like you go by like a construction zone um and they're doing welding or something and that's that smell brings me back burned metal oh yeah just a bizarre and so how long did the fun now you at this time you and you'd moved to new york to act yeah and at that time, had you been acting quite a bit? Like, say, where, yeah. where, where, where were you, you in were your you career at this point? No, nowhere. I mean, I I'd spent. Uh, I was like a New York theater kid. I just okay. wanted to do theater. Um, and how did that affect your perspective you, on life and what and what your my, goals were and all that my, kind of stuff? My uh, my roommate quit the business. She was an actor too, and she she that night she like went to a church and like sat with the priest and uh, and she left the business. Do you know what she does now? Um, she's actually, she, she <coughs> fell in love with the guy, a British guy, moved to London and slowly started getting back into it once she moved to London. But she went to school. She went back to school, like to study finance. And, uh, which is an odd choice given the nature of why they yeah, attacked, I was going to say, you know what I mean? Right? You like told whole, me she was a nun now or she was like yeah, running no. an orphanage or yeah, she was right. doing something. She's yeah, like, just running go the finance. Peace Corps. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, no, she's moving money. Um, but yeah, she, she went, she just like abandoned, she's like, this is, I'm not going to fucking get headshots and try to make people laugh that's like this is fucking crazy yeah so everyone but i mean th- th- there's that argument like we we don't matter like this is th- this is the least important thing i remember wondering the next day a buddy of mine had a job at a uh on a on a soap opera and he was at um what the fuck was it called guiding light he was yeah. at guiding light that morning he had a 6 a.m. call, and he watched it happen, and they didn't let him go until, like, 3 in the afternoon. They're like, ah, no, we'll still shoot. We'll keep, we, we got to keep shooting. That's the mindset they, of yeah. a production, exactly. though, that doesn't understand the gravity of the situation, Absolutely. which is like, you're going to leave of the set because there was an airplane accident? Production yeah. shut down in Los Angeles immediately, <clears throat> Everything, which was interesting. Well, Everything wow. shut down. People, I remember being very confused, like, because I, I was working on, um, I, w- I was a travel coordinator I on, say a, everything did, but. on a show that was supposed to fly to Scotland. And when I, I got a call similar to you, like my friend called me at 8 a.m. And, and I was like, what the fuck? I go, more. I was like all hungover. I was like, morning, sunshine. He goes, get up, turn the TV on, call me back. All right. So I did. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? And then my other friend came over. We just did drugs all day and like watched the TV. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like, makes sense. We're just, uh, uh, I was astonished, blown away. I don't know what I was, it was terrible. The, my friend came over. He was seeing this beautiful girl. She's an idiot. Her <laughs> exact comment when he turned the... Because I called him and told him to turn the TV on. He turns the TV on. She sees the second tower going down. And she says, do you, do you think the stores on Rodeo are going to be open today? Oh, my God. What a sentence. <clears throat> Holy he shit. didn't hesitate. He got up, went into his bedroom, scooped all her shit up, opened the door, threw it out. And he goes, get the fuck out and don't ever come back. Wow. And he was like, wow. get the fuck out of here. I want to go shopping. Fuck you. And she wow. was like, no, but I just... He goes, get out. 
Because oh, all damn. those planes, because he's from Boston, he's from Boston, he's from Massachusetts, and uh-huh. and the, everyone's like, yeah, it took off from Logan. He's like, this is his parents worked at Logan, like he had all this weird shit, like yeah. So he ended up just coming over and being like, yeah, no, she's she's gone. Like, yeah, I'm like, that makes oh, sense. Okay. And then they got married. No, later, or? No, okay. no, 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 no. My dad uh, tells me like he knew the guy who's head of security who like ran the TSA. He knew everyone. He worked for Massport, which is the Massachusetts Port Authority, and they run the trains and the airport. Um, so he worked for the state and. Uh, if, if something broke at the airport, he basically like had to figure out how to hire contractors to fix it. That was his job. But he knew everyone at Logan. And I remember him telling me that day of walking through uh, one of the terminals and seeing and passing the guy who we knew, who was the head of security, who ended up resigning the following day. But it was on, I mean, of course, this wasn't this guy's fault, but it was on his shoulders. Yeah. And uh, in seeing this, his look, seeing his, this guy's vacant Look, seeing his face. Like, you can't believe this just happened. Yeah, when they found the cars and all, like, the, like the fuck, literally the instructions on how to fly a plane in the trunk of those cars that were parked in the economy parking at Logan yeah. Airport. Um, it was all on that guy. But I remember my dad saying, like, seeing that dude. And there is, at one of the gates, the, the gate that United 93 left from, the same gate they have, they put up an American flag. And they didn't, ha- they didn't do any sort of, they didn't have a ceremony. They just put it up. And so if you fly United through Logan... It's like gate 31 or 32. If you look out, the flag is still there. And every time I fly United through Boston, I always see it and it makes me anxious. It doesn't make me... It fills me with fear. I was like, is this the day that's going to happen again? As opposed to like, goddamn right, but keep fucking fly the flag. Let's Let's remember that, you know, proud Americans rallied to try to, you know, save that plane. But seeing that flag is always... And it's, it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, we all pursue a career in entertainment. And it, it, it it's weird, right? Because it kind of, I mean, the, the funk was out here, but again, you're on the East Coast, you're right there. So I'm curious as to, so here you are trying to start up your career. This crazy, bizarre thing happens in this city, and an, 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 an unusual event that's a world event happens uh, right down the street from you, and, and you're trying to pursue this career in entertainment. Um, you eventually have to get back in the game. So how, what was your well, world like, and how did you end up getting back in the we, game? The, you know, as an actor, you don't decide when the game starts and finishes. The industry decides, and then you as But your the, head, right? Yeah. Come on, boo. <laughs> did, <laughs> just, for the audience, if you didn't pick that up, boo. Oh, He's still talking. What'd you say? Boo's... Uh, <laughs> did you feed him? Do we, do we He's done. Give, He's done with us. He just wanted to throw in two cents. Why don't we so have much. boo use the microphone? Yeah, we should have a teeny yeah, tiny just a cat, cat a cat, a cat mic, a catophone. Cat <laughs> cat okay, what's comes. happening? Um, he's just gonna—he's probably gonna trip trip a wire. I just like wait for him off. to like bite my dick off or something crazy. Okay, all right. <laughs> have you been around animals anyway? Get no, back to you. Okay. I don't understand how they work. Okay. Uh, no, there's a, there's a you, you're waiting for the uh, for the industry to sort of like start up again. But there was a there was a pause. People hit the pause button. You just sort of you sort of waited for people to start making commercials again. Um, okay. I, I had a commercial and a voiceover agent that my brother set me up with. I, he's like, you, I, I can't guarantee anything, but like, I'll get you a meeting with them. So I got to sit down with the commercial people at, at, uh, at a, a commercial agency. And thankfully, I had a face... I still have the same face. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, thankfully you had a face. They weren't employing I, uh, many faces. I went into the, I didn't own any chimpanzees uh, in my apartment that were going to rip my face same off. Same face. Um, that, that was that, that time. They wanted a lot of 
regular 20 look 20 something guys who like spilled shit and was like whoops i spilled it like, <laughs> oh yeah i had you, a career all guys all whoops, guys have it. to look like an idiot in commercials yeah yeah you, you can't even when you're the good looking guy for the most part it's like you're, you're gonna buffoon. spill something you can't figure yeah. out how to open a door you how do right. i hang these blinds up you know, right. you're just a <laughs> right. moron yeah yeah so i'm good at uh f- dropping shit and feigning stupidity exactly <laughs> So I, I had done one or two commercials, um, and I was auditioning for plays, but like not having much success. And, uh, you know, yeah, you think about, there's two sides to the argument. You think about, well, this means nothing. We are just fucking, we are bringing nothing to society. And then the other side is that we are bringing everything to society because we are at the heart of what we do, whether you're an actor or a comedian or an improviser or a writer or a director or whatever, you're a storyteller. And that's like the heart of society and the heart of culture is like based in stories. And stories have the ultimate power. Like you can change someone's mind by telling a compelling story. You can change their points of view. And that's really important. Uh, so that that was sort of what we hung on to at that time. Like, no, it's important that we distract the world. I was going to say, also, people need to laugh. <clears throat> yeah, like, and they need to be entertained. Things, they just need to escape. Things were so yeah. dark at that yeah. period of time, like throughout the entire country. Like for those four days when they weren't flying any airplanes overhead was like the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Know? I mean, just not being able to see a plane in the sky, you're like, this is creepy. Like, yeah. this is weird. But... People needed to like. They were. They waited yeah. for people like David Letterman and John Stewart to say something. The, I like, remember okay, Sat- Saturday, Night Saturday Night Live was was Saturday Night Live the first thing. It was like it was a three things. It was Saturday Night Live, <laughs> they the started, Daily Show, they and Letterman. Base, right? They well, started playing the, baseball again. Then SNL. Well, I'm just talking about from entertainment. Oh, yeah. Baseball is yeah. not entertainment. It's entertainment, of course. You're yes, of right, course. There was especially this. It season. was baseball first. Then I think SNL came in. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I think uh, J- I mean John Stewart goes from Monday through Thursday, and this happened on a Tuesday. So I think he went on on Wednesday or Thursday. He did go on. I remember right his away. moment of Zen, or like at the or maybe it was wasn't the moment of Zen. Or maybe it was the end of his first act. Was he went below the table and picked up a puppy? It was like maybe you guys need this, and just lifted up like a golden retriever puppy, yeah. and the whole audience went, "Oh!" He's like, "So I guess we still have this." <laughs> like that was his kind of closing bit. But he also didn't tell jokes. Like that episode was not a joke episode. No. It was a news episode. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, SNL was the first big, big one, and that when they did it right, and they yeah. had yeah, they did. Ben Stiller decided not to host, and then they got Reese Witherspoon right, and then she I came th- out, and yeah. like, all the police, the firemen, and the firemen were out Giuliani. there. And Giuliani and Lauren Michaels was like. So it's okay to be funny again? And Julianne's like, I don't know why you'd start now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was, that was it. Paul Simon came out. <laughs> yes, and yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a right. really intense... I, I'll never forget that episode. Yeah, and just... And just remember, I remember thinking, like, you have to. You have to have Saturday Night Live back. We need that yeah. shit. Like, people need that thing. It's like... Yeah. I remember the first time chanting USA, like, <clears throat> unironically. It feels good. It feels fucking good. Yeah. Like, the, I get uh, it. Now, uh, I, for the out, first time, I got it. Yeah. And, you know, out here, obviously, the fir- I mean, the amount of flags, American flags attached to cars, like, it was bizarre. Like, yeah. it was like the, the, yeah. the America had won instead of the Lakers for the first time in Los yeah. Angeles. It was really <laughs> weird. Because, I mean, you see that, right, when the Lakers would yeah. win stuff. You see those flags over the place. But this was, like, by 50 times. Did they do the same thing out there where there were flags all over everything? Oh, yeah. You couldn't go into a deli without being just, like, bombarded with fucking newspaper well, clippings especially- and flags. In New everyone York. wanted so desperately to be like if you if you didn't like people weren't going to go in there so right. you auditioned with a flag on you at all but times I had I had a meeting the first legit meeting I had with an agent was like the week after and I had an FDN I wore an FDNY hat for like six months uh, unironically I fucking wore the fucking shit out of that thing right and uh, 
and uh, and we talked like we spent the first twenty minutes of the uh, of the of the meeting with this agent talking about talking about uh, firefighters in New York City. You know, I suppose also probably for a couple of years did that seem to be like a there was always in conversation. It, ha- it had to be in conversation for quite a long time, right? Even if you talked about other stuff, was it? Did, no, I mean, did it was always some- find yourself. No, I, it wouldn't be something you bring up every day. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No okay, no, definitely not. I mean, so- the first. Month, yeah, yeah. And then after that, you kind of try to get some sort of normalcy. So yeah, everyone's life has changed because of it, you know, because you couldn't go on the subway because every time you walked into the city, I was it was just like on lockdown. Everywhere you went, there was like, you know, like SWAT basically everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere without like any place where there was more than fifty people, <laughs> which is basically everywhere in New York. Yeah, were yeah. dudes with scary guns. You know, even now in Penn Station, there those guys still exist, but. Yeah. That didn't exist before nine eleven, you know. And for AKs. you, when did you see? Um, when did you actually see a turn in your career where you're like, okay, this this acting thing is starting to really uh, turn the corner? Oh, for me. Um, uh, can but, I can I rewind a little bit and just yeah. just ask when? Because you moved from Boston to New York to get into acting, or were you already acting in Boston? No, I, I <clears> never <throat> lived in Boston. I went oh, to college. Sorry, sorry uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, I was acting like in high school, like doing the drama club, but I didn't have. A headshot. I didn't like go on professional auditions no, or anything like but that. But so, you, from right from college, you went to New York. Yeah, I realized I I studied communications in college. I studied radio and and TV production. I thought I was going to be in in production, um, and then I realized I did this like one play in, like my sophomore year, and I was like, oh, okay, no, this is. Something uh, I like I need. being on this side. I got to do this. <clears throat> and did your so, brother have anything to do with that? Just, oh, he had everything to do with it. I yeah. mean, I, I I no one in our family had ever done anything creative up to that point. Really weird. So when he when he did the senior class play, we were like, what? <laughs> we did Boy Scouts and like Little League, you know, yeah. whatever my sister is interested in. And there was no performance, like there was no like school play. Yeah, and you don't you don't have uncles who were like fucking no like, crazy great uncle who was involved. No, like, no, no, there was no no one linked us to New York or Hollywood. Um I had a great aunt who lived in New York, but she wasn't, you know, right. in the industry. So it was all sort of very foreign. So when he was in the school play, I was like, what? You, what? Only gay kids yeah, in the what school are you play. Doing? Is this, Bobby okay? Yeah. It's a stereotypical uh, so, yeah, Massachusetts absolutely. thing to I was, say. I was, not, I was 10 or yeah. 9. And I remember after the play, this crowd of people around him. And there were like all these girls around him. I was like, holy shit. I mean, it's burned in my fucking wow. brain. Yeah. I was like, I want a piece of that. That's funny. And you're pointing at particular women? <laughs> yes. Her, I want a piece of <laughs> that. Yeah, Maureen, <laughs> Patricia, and Sharon. The um, O'Shea sisters. Exactly. Uh, O'Callaghan, O'Shea, and Perfect Mick names. Miniman. Um, <laughs> Mick Miniman. Yeah, but those, like, seeing his attention, I was like, I want that attention. I want I want that. Okay. And so I started doing it because he did it. Okay. And then... Which is a, a very, on, on a, the basic sense, is a little brother, big brother thing. I see it in my Absolutely. house. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've seen it around. I mean, Elliot uh, adores Tanner, and whatever Tanner does, Elliot wants to try to get in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, oh, absolutely. It. well he, he thinks it's cool. That I person, it's yeah, cool. that person opens all the doors and says, like, it's okay to do this. Yeah. Um, so it, it, all, it all of a sudden became okay to do it. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I want attention. I want positive reinforcement. And then you don't, when you're a kid, there's no like, I'm doing it for the art of it. You just want to get girls. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. you want people to laugh. Right. So uh, then like when I got into college, I, I did some more soul searching and did some like actual work and found out why I wanted to do it before. It was just to get attention. So um, 
uh, so being in New York, what was your question? Was like how I got into well, it. Yeah, when you when you when you turn the corner, like when when you were the first time I got like a check. For, I remember coming back from I, I spent a bunch of summers at this place called, place called Williamstown, which is a summer theater, like regional theater in Massachusetts, and it's very well respected. It's one of Tony for like the best regional theater in America. Every great actor has kind of gone through that place. Okay, and I was spending summers there. That's sort of where I got my that's where I got my start, and I did a Pizza Hut commercial Ooh. in April. I went to Williamstown. Oh, I wish. It was a bite and smile. You don't have a copy of it? No. It was a bite and smile. You just took a bite of pizza and, and then smiled. smiled. Yeah. So no lines. And that, I by the way, that shows that you're a handsome guy. That shows that I'm an average, like I'm an average American. You're right, but the, but the freaky dudes are like like me. The weird looking dudes always like end up like they're not going to be the ones going. Mm, this is a good product. You'd like, those the are the guys behind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd be the one. Yeah, I'd be- who are like, is that pizza good? <laughs> yeah. P- you'll never, person. You'll never know, dirtbag. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here, you degenerate. Yeah, I think you took. A, you're, you're looking for Little Caesars. Get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I came up from Williamstown, and I had like seven hundred dollars in my bank account, and my rent was four, four fifteen. I was like, all right, well, I'm good for a month, and I can pay my phone bill, but after that, I'm in trouble, so I got to go back to temping. And I got a check. I got a check from Pizza Hut, and ended up airing a bunch, and I got a check for like four thousand dollars. Yeah, residual. And I was like, baby. holy shit! More money than you'd ever had I'm in your f- life. In my yeah. life, I was yeah. like, I'm fucking rich. Yeah, I never have to work <laughs> I'm again. Rich. Yeah. I took that check. Sorry, boo. I startled your cat. <laughs> I went on the train. I bought a fucking PlayStation. I bought ten <laughs> games. Yeah. I fucking bought drinks for weeks. All my friends like blew through that money immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but but, uh-huh. but that general attitude was like, I might never have to work again. Oh like, yeah. I'm gonna. I was be like, doing I'm good this. for. For like seven months, I yeah. have to fucking get yeah. up at at six thirty, put a suit on, and go to the temp office this morning yeah. to wait for a phone call to go answer phones at some fucking law firm. Yeah, I can watch nope. prices right and smoke pot. Exactly, I'm eating DiGiorno's and smoking <laughs> dope. I put on uh, fifteen pounds. He needs pizza. Did you really? He needs pizza. Did yeah, you yeah. kind of just you, ha- you uh, hung exactly. out? <laughs> I should have. Not tri- DiGiorno's. Not I should have. <laughs> he needs pizza. I never <laughs> ate pizza slut, whether or not they gave me money or not. Um, <laughs> and so that was the first time I had like money, and then I was really lucky that fall. I was able to do. Another commercial and another commercial. I just started getting in with the with the casting people, and I did commercials. So commercials were, was like the, the way that I paid my bills. And then I did a tour. I did was doing like little plays here and there, and so I was getting in for big plays. I never got one, but I was part of the conversation. And then um, the big break was The Daily Show. Was okay. them they lost Colbert and Carell, and they were hiring new correspondents, and they hired three people. I hired Jason Jones, Dan Backetall, and myself. And again, this is the Dan same. Dan Backetall's great, super funny, great so guy. Funny. So um, funny. And he uh, he has a cra- crazy Daily Show story. Uh, you should have him on the podcast. Um, and so it was my again. It was again my brother going, "Hey, there there are guys leaving. There's open spots. You should audition." And I was like, "Ugh, that's your that's your thing. That's like, you're the comedy guy." Like. I want to do important theater in the basements of churches. I don't want to see. And uh and I was like, "Oh yeah, I get, okay." And I and uh and I like I kind of half resented even going on tape. I was like, "This is going to be embarrassing. I can't fucking do this." And then I went on tape and they were like, "Oh, no, he all right. Yeah, come in." So I had a call back with John on the set like wearing a suit for all the writers and the executives sitting in the audience. Wow. That must have been a, intense. Holy shit. I read a teleprompter. And um, and I sat at the desk with him, and we chatted, you know, for like a minute. And then the the, the uh, stage manager like counted us down. He was like four, three, 
two, and at two, John Stewart goes, your brother's a pussy. We now go live to Nate Cordy, and I was like, what, uh, should I, what do I do? Okay, act like you didn't hear it. You're better than that. Go above it. Go above it. Don't get fucking, he's yeah. trying to rally you. Don't, yep. don't get rattled. Yep. Yep. And thankfully, I didn't. So, uh, But that's what so, he was trying to do? Did he, like, I think so, yeah. I think yeah. he was just like trying to fuck see, with me. Because I was young. You I was yeah. very young. I mean, I was 26, you know, so I, I, I had no... Basically, no experience in front of a camera. You were a bite and smile. Exactly, I was bite and smile guy. I was bite and smile guy. But this um, was—he had been—he had been doing the Daily Show since '98. No, um, no, he did it in the 2000s. He started in 2000, 2000 or 2001. John Stewart. Oh, sorry, Stewart. Yes, I thought you meant my brother. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah no, Stewart, no, yeah, Stewart. '98. Because I was like, I was in college when when he took over for Kilborn. Yes, and we were like. Ooh, how's this gonna work? I mean, John Stewart's yeah. just got a bunch of failed talk shows under his belt. Like, how? I mean, Craig Kilborn was such a fucking wise ass, and then yeah. it was like the first episode. I was like, ooh, he's shaky, and then by the third or fourth, I was like, dude, this guy's gonna kill yeah. it. Like, Kilborn, who? Yeah, yeah. exactly, poor exactly. Guy. Not poor guy. Well, I've heard about that guy. He's a dick. Yeah, that's what I've heard. As well. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't okay, know the enough. man, but that's what yeah, I don't know him personally, but I've never heard. Usually. A nice thing about him. You can back up those rumors when you notice that they're not getting gigs in town anymore because people have just had enough. That's usually yeah. how I base when, yeah. I, when I hear stuff like that. I'm like, all right, there are a few people that can rise above that that I've heard rumors about that even though they're difficult, but that's just because somehow or another they bring something to the table. But right. if you don't bring enough to the table, yeah, yeah. And they can't stand you. He was ESPN you, anchor. He was a you. Daily Show anchor, and then when he was like, "I'm too big for this," he left, and then he was in old school as a dick yeah well no no I, I think like he did two the other movies as a dick. late late show after he left wait was late late show oh, yeah, after yeah. the daily show yes yeah it was and then but it was sure then he quit that as well or i don't know what happened but he got out of that and then he just disappeared yeah for all intents and purposes yeah, he, yeah. He, he, i've seen him in movies every once while playing a dick always playing well, a dick play yeah. with what you know i guess yeah i play guess with your i dick. have no idea <laughs> Play with play, play, you know. yeah. All right. Play, play with, with your you know. are, we back, are we back to the troughs? I don't know. Where are we in the story? Back to the troughs? Uh, no, but so Daily Show. Sorry, go ahead. You yeah, so, I was, so, so that was like my, if you want to file that under like break, that's that was that my was big it. break. I'll and file that under break. That's pretty big, yeah, man. I yeah, mean, that sure. was a coveted spot oh, yeah. to be. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's oh. my next question. Um, the, 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 the year that you were on it, did you... Did you know the the um, where, where was the show within the uh, pop culture at that point? We know where well, we're, we know where it ended. But yeah, in your mind, and where was he it was at? on the cover of every magazine in the country. Like okay. I, it, the the 2000 election made John Stewart made the Daily Show. Yeah, and then 9 11 made it again, and then the 04 election was another fucking thing when the the, the Democrats were in Boston, and the the Daily Show was a credentialed you know media New, yeah. company. And you we were, were on journalists. What year again? I'm sorry. Nate? What's that? The year that you were on it? Was I was in 05 into 06. No, no, no. Uh, oh, my God. Somewhere around there. Okay, 06, that's fine. 05 and 06, 05, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so those three things happened and catapulted the Daily Show into, like, pop culture relevance. And Jon Stewart was the fucking king of the world. Yeah. He was hosting the Oscars the following year. Right. So it was... They were at the height. Um, and But this is before, <laughs> like, t- Twitter and Facebook and before... Mm-hmm. And they were like, I guess they were like message boards that happened, but I don't know. I, I wasn't aware of like any, like it was the first time I got recognized was okay. from The Daily Show. And it was huge. The Daily, I mean, p- college, every kid, everybody knew everybody yeah. on The Daily Show. It, yeah, it was, right. Yeah. At 11 o'clock, that's what you watch. Yeah. yeah. No one was watching actual news anymore. 
They yeah. were getting real news from a comedian. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, yeah. and done well and put into a way that they could not only understand, but they could repeat and then yeah. spark other conversations Absolutely. and just make everybody a little yeah. bit smarter. But for yeah. you, this was different. You know, like you said, you were a theater guy, right? So now here you are, um, and I, I'm, acting is acting, but I mean, so you're, you're doing this correspondence work. So how the was that for really? you? And the, the, yeah. how, how was that to adapt to that whole thing? I was, you found out you got it. Well, right? the, yeah, I found out I got it, but they didn't offer me a contract. It was kind of bittersweet. They were like, yeah, back and all got a year contract. Jason Jones got a year contract. You will call you when we need you. And I was like, oh, this is, th- they're doing this to placate my brother. They're oh, doing this to, a, like, okay. to like take care of Rob. Yeah. So I'm never going to get the call. Or if I do, it's going to be once a year and it's going to be fucking stupid. And I also felt a lot of anxiety about being Rob's brother there. Like the, my entire experience at the Daily Show is seen through the prism of being Rob's brother. Okay. So the first, so there was a lot of there was a lot at stake. If it didn't work, I would look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. And the Daily Show would look like an asshole for just hiring someone's brother. Right. So it would just open up the fucking floodgates to say you fucking cheap. Like that's you're just there because your fucking brother's there. Yeah. So I felt that anxiety, and I that and that. Being in that building, I always felt that. You did, okay. And, and Rob knew that, too. So he always, he went out of his way to make sure that I was comfortable. And so did everyone else. And no one was going to be like a dick. But, right. but I felt it. And I was like, if this doesn't work, it's th- this is going to be bad. This okay. is going to be bad. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I did, <laughs> I did. And I haven't felt that pressure since I left that building. Um, a couple weeks ago, I went back to do the final... Oh, Daily you were there show. for the final? Yes. How was that? Oh, he's it got was, a great story. Are you willing to share that story? Yeah, sure. Oh. It was just it was just intense. It was really overwhelming. Yeah. I hadn't been in that building for nine years. And do they do that at the 30 Rock building? Where do they do the Daily Show? No, they shoot it way on the west side, like okay. on 47th and 11th. Okay. Um, like w- right next to the west side highway, one block away. It's where all the studios are because that's back in the day, th- those were like scary, dangerous areas. And so you need a lot of space. And that was the only place you could afford to build right, a studio. Just buy up a bunch of... Exactly. So, um, but I hadn't been in that building. You know, when since did you get the call to go? When when did they make the? When did you know that you were going to be a part of the last? We're talking about the last show. Yeah, uh, like May. Okay. So, uh, like three months ago. Three months ago, okay. they started planning. Did they? Show. Did they do a uh, non-disclosure? Like, do not talk about this. No. They didn't care. No, okay. no, they didn't care. Um, we didn't get the, a script until like that day. Okay. Uh, so I had no idea what it was going to be. I didn't even know if I was going to be on camera. Maybe they're just inviting people to like sit in the audience okay. and support. I was like, I don't SNL even... style or something. Yeah, yeah that's what okay. I was thinking. I'm, I'm equating this to like a, a, a kind of a condensed 40 year SNL. That's what I kind of thought. I was like, I'm not going to be on camera. Like I was there for fucking 11 months. Like forget <laughs> that. Um, and then like th- three days before, they're like, do you have you know bring a suit? And you'll have, we'll send you a script. And I was like, oh, I'm doing something. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I thought I was just gonna sit there. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so it was. I, I hadn't been in that. That building was like. It was really hard to work there. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I felt a lot of insecurity because I was Rob's brother. And John, I barely, you know, I was there for less than a year, so I didn't get to know him. But he was. He had. He was. Um, there was like sort of a Lorne Michaels figure. He's very like gregarious and does bits and like is a great guy, but I didn't know him. I never got to like know him. Right. You guys don't spend a lot of time together. I think no. there's always that thing, right? When you work on a show, He's they assume the writers. that everybody is always hanging out and no, showing yeah, around and going no out to dinner and doing all this I stuff. I would see and- him at edits. Like when we do, when we like do field pieces, you go into the edit room with the finished piece or your finished version, and he would sit down and watch it and give you notes. No, it's okay. But he spends more time with the writers and writers. producers, so the correspondents see him every so often. But I didn't know him. I you didn't have a relationship with him. I was just scared of him. Let me ask you something. Was there was there a specific uh, um, 
show where uh, you fired on all cylinders and you're like, okay, I, I did do this and this has nothing to do with my brother. This has nothing to do with the way I got in here. I actually, you felt a moment of like, okay, I'm in. I, I, I did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or did you always hold yourself? No, I mean, the first the first piece I, I did, I think, was my best piece. I just lucked out because the content was good. Okay. And I didn't know any better, so I said fucked up shit. So I said, so I took a bigger risk because I was like, fuck it, because I, I didn't know. You didn't know if this was going to be your last bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and, and, and I think And I had a really good producer, St- Stu Miller, who's still a field producer at The Daily Show, was my producer. We went to San Francisco to interview this guy. They were going to put this, this, they wanted, the city wanted to put um, a battleship uh, museum like uh, in the bay and this is in 2005 and this was after Bush was elected and people hated there was like people hated Bush so much they thought that this that this <laughs> fucking battleship was a symbol of you know war. The, yeah it was a symbol of Bush and the you know of of war and so San Francisco didn't want it which is fucking insane right so we took the point of view of 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 uh, of the people of San Francisco, like, no, absolutely not. This is an image of the war. And we we interviewed this city councilman. Who was, who was like, who was a idiots. fucking buffoon. No, he, oh, was, a, he oh. was the guy, he was the buffoon. Oh, wow. Who was like, we don't want it because it's a symbol. Even though, like, men and women served on that ship through fucking World War II, Vietnam War, the fucking Korean War, as a symbol of fucking the ultimate sacrifice of patriotism. Like, every city wishes they had that fucking boat there. Right, yeah. And I just played the character of dumb kid. Uh, who was asking, I got to say, ask stupid questions because I looked like I was 19 and I didn't know any better. Right. So the woman who wanted you to write put, your own stuff? Uh, or you work with somebody? You, you would have joke meetings with the writers. Okay. And then once you were, th- you, so you'd write up questions. <laughs> but once you're there with the subject, you you'd follow those questions. But then, yeah, but the, the producer sitting next to you, he would scribble things and hand it oh, to you. Okay. Um, I remember interviewing this woman who, who wanted to get the USS Iowa there. And I was like, so. Like how, like, how did you get the ship from Iowa? And she's like, what? I was like, what? How do you get the boat from Iowa? And she's like, well, there's no, she's like, there's no ocean in Iowa. <laughs> and it cuts to me, like, with the most perplexed look like, on my what? face. Yeah, like, huh? And she's like, there's a Pacific Ocean and an Atlantic Ocean, and there's no ocean in the middle. <laughs> and to get her to say that, as she was saying it, I was like... I dun, fucking dun, won. Yeah. I won. Yeah. I won. And saying, saying it legitimately, saying it, you not to fuck with she, she was legitimately she trying to help you. She bought my performance yes. as an actor yes. in that moment that she thought I was genuinely asking her, where is the middle ocean? How do you, how do you drive a boat from... <laughs> exactly, how do, exactly. I think that was actually the line. It was like, how do you drive... And she's like, okay. <laughs> and she didn't laugh. And I knew I had her. And so I kept on pushing, like, uh, will you explain... And I just made her uncomfortable, and I was able to convince her that I, those questions were real. And so we got back to the edit. I was like, "Oh, we have something. We have something." And thankfully, we did. And John loved it. And it's a good. And I'm still very proud of it. It's a good piece. No, can I, I, uh, go oh, ahead, John. Oh, sorry, I have a quick question because I've watched a lot of Daily Show, and a lot of times, and I think this was more true with Kilborn. But when they're in, when you guys are interviewing somebody, is there ever a time when you just get someone to put a shoulder in the shot? And then get that over-the-shoulder shot of you, and then you can ask insane shit that you wouldn't ask a real person. It wasn't until every, every response that we have from the subject is real. Right. Every but is single that, is subject. is that response always based on the question that was asked in the edit? Uh, or do they use a reaction from something like... It, uh, uh, 
I'm not sure I understand your question. Uh, like, okay, you're interviewing me. Yep. And at one point, we're having, like, you're interviewing me about the Chicago Cubs, okay? And then uh, you do the whole interview and you get some funny stuff, but then you just get a guy to put a black shirt on and sit with his shoulder in the camera, and then the camera's over his shoulder facing you. Oh, no. So then he's, then you you're didn't like, do that. You'd hey, say, how many dicks you put in your mouth? And then right. the guy, then you just right, 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 his right, reaction, right. like, right. I think that was 16. Yeah, and, no. Uh, we would never, we would never put um, something that didn't, that, that wasn't directly related to the question. Oh wow! Okay. We we would you would you would fudge it for sure. Yeah. But we only had one camera at that time, so you would shoot the subject first, and then you would turn around, and put the camera over the subject's back, and I would repeat the, the questions. same questions. But you would never tie. But I would a separate perform question. the. But I would be performing the questions. Right. So there was no two cameras happening at the same time. It's like the broadcast news when, when uh, what's-his-name, Albert Brooks is like, ask if he brought one camera to that set, because they set him up, and what's-his-name cries on right. cue, but he cry, he doesn't cry in the moment, he's crying afterwards. Um, so there was a little bit of that. It was, it was all, all of the, the correspondent questions to the subject were never in the moment. Do they are just, now, but they weren't back in the day. Yeah. Do you pre-screen, were you pre-screening these people? Do they even know that they were on a <laughs> yeah, comedy show? Oh, yeah, show? everyone knew, but, and like, when just, you have, but you know... It's hard. Like, if they start to laugh, then you're fucked. Okay. The, the thing that you stress to them in, in the beginning is, like, please behave like I'm a journalist. If you okay. laugh, we're fucked. Okay. And it doesn't matter. Like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. They want to play <coughs> That's along. That's the thing. Because they, they're going to be on TV, and they millions be on of people TV. are going to okay. see it, regardless okay. of how stupid they look. Yep. It's just going to forward their message, Amazing. whether they look like an idiot or not. Yeah, so they want, they want to please you. Okay. Unless you're... The only time I had it, had it not work... Was a congressman. The congressman, I forget his name. He was like the low, lowest fucking congressman on the congressman <laughs> tone poll. I interviewed him in D.C. in his office, and he was from Toledo. And he was an attorney first. And so he knew how to... And every question I asked him, he just danced around. He didn't play. And I remember his chief of staff, like, being anxious about it before we got in there but afterwards he f- he was like disappointed in his congressman that he didn't play along yeah even though he would have looked a little bit silly it would have been helpful to him yeah even if it was him going ask answering a ridiculous question cuz every time the reporter is the buffoon you're asking the stupid question, not that person. Yes. Right. You're asking it about a crazy subject that the person is representing, but you're the idiot. So Sometimes the subject wouldn't take that, and he didn't trust that I was the idiot. Even though I was asking him ridiculous questions, he thought he was going to look the asshole, not me. So he didn't trust that. And there's a chance that it doesn't doesn't not make the cut, potentially, then? Oh, that that whole, yeah, that that, that entire, we had to throw it out. And that's a bummer, right, for you, because it's just like, you know I'm not on this episode then. It's a seven-hour fucking thing, all that prep, all the fucking work, sitting down with him. Cutting it, like trying to make it work, showing John, nah, it doesn't work, do this, change, 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 up till fucking midnight with the editor. Next day, nope, fucking throw and you, and it. Just, oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. It all goes in the garbage and never sees. Is that the only one that you had like that? that nope, where? I had another piece where I went to a wealth seminar <laughs> at the Javits Center. We're like, you know that like rich dad, poor dad, that, that guy who writes all those books, like how to make a million dollars overnight, you know, all that fucking nonsense. Yeah. yeah. It was a wealth expo and Donald Trump was speaking and it was all these guys who were like, I'm going to make, tell you how to be rich. And so we played it. I was like, I'm going to be rich. And so I showed up like, yeah, yeah, tell me how to be rich. And everyone was like, well, you have to do some extra work. I was like, no, no, no. Where do I no, sign up? Where yeah. are my millions? And, uh, and it didn't, my point of view wasn't strong enough and the subjects weren't strong enough against my point of view. Okay. It was like 70 percent there but if it's not 100 they can't air you it can't. so it was a waste of a weekend uh, yeah that was did you but I also up? knew too we're in the edit and I was like oh fuck I'm gonna get fired and you didn't get rich 
didn't get rich, Did didn't, but didn't get fired. Yeah, but that piece saying, didn't get on the air. You, but, but you know what? The um, the field producer on that piece, she got fired the next the next day. Uh, really? So yeah. that happens, man. I oh guess. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So she was she had trouble. I think a couple of weeks leading up to it, but okay. she had a couple of misses, and that was the last straw. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm never going to be asked back here. No, I want to go ahead, John. How, how did you end on the show? You weren't fired, were you? You were. No, just... it was very strange because I didn't have a contract. I was still auditioning for other gigs, and I got a TV job out here on a series, and it, it I had to move to LA. And that and, was the uh, the uh, Studio sixty, Studio which 60. was that Aaron Sorkin series oh, on NBC. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, you were in that. I, I yeah, <laughs> which is love funny. That yeah, show, yeah, yeah, man. Which I is, really like that and show. It, th- that has a cult following. I only know this because we went to a baseball game, and and so many people stopped you, and their their point of reference mm. it seemed to be at that game. You probably don't remember when we went you, to that. No, game. no. What were you on that show? Were you a writer on that show? Yeah, I played like a writer performer. For the, yeah, on for the, the show. sketch show. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, dude. Exactly. Fuck. I think I think I asked you that night too about that. That that's a point of reference for a lot of people with you, right? so much anymore, anymore but uh okay. but it was oh god i mean yeah. I've, I've, I've that and 30 rock came out almost at the same time and same, i was like same exact time yeah so oh, i was like really? oh, cool like one is yeah. like a comedy drama and one is a straight up comedy like this is yeah. this is great i was so excited and i loved uh we were, i love the like I'm, I'm a dork i like matthew perry and i like bradley whitford and i like yeah i, I liked that <laughs> whole dork. like sorkin is you know not sometimes i'm like okay dude no one really talks like that calm down a little bit of Silent Bob type shit where you're like, really, you're gonna make a stoner say this? Like, come on, yeah. But but the <laughs> the way that they, I was because because I'd already worked in TV and I'd already known, I, I've read every book about Saturday Night Live and all that. I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 intense. This is crazy. Yeah, and then it yeah. was gone, and I was like, why? Yeah, uh, it didn't have enough weight. It didn't. Uh, people in the middle states didn't care. It was That's too it was inside. A sh- it was a so. show about making a show. Yeah, and like. Jay Moore had that show Action, which was about he was a, an agent. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was a great show, but people in the Midwest didn't get it. Yeah, it was a little too inside, <laughs> and I think yeah. also people he he the West Wing always had weight. There was always substance. Like India's gonna invade Pakistan, we have to fucking solve this problem. So and you it, were it invested. affects the world. So yeah. you're watching the show as somebody exactly. who lives in the world, not somebody who lives in Hollywood. Going exactly, oh. the so stakes were never high enough. I think was the issue of the show. It's an interesting uh, place for you to be, right? You're on a very popular show in The Daily Show, and then you're going to work for an Aaron Sorkin show. That's kind of got to be a unique situation to find yeah, yourself you in at that like moment, you sort right? Of did it. Oh, dude, that year was crazy. It was, yeah. And I was, was it like, a tough decision or not no, really? No, no, I mean, not. it was Sorkin. This was his first show after West Wing. I was a West Wing fucking obsessive. Okay. It was the highest... It was the biggest pilot in Warner. They spent more in that pilot than any pilot in Yours. Warner Brothers history. Yeah, okay. the Studio Sixty. Wow. And I mean, it was like Sorkin's return to. It was Sorkin's return to television. Okay. And it was like, what was this thing before that? Sports Night was his last. Uh, West Wing. Well, West so it was yeah. West Wing. Then Sports Night. Then West Wing. Then it was West Wing first. I mean, it was Sports Night first. Yeah. First, and then West Wing. Right. Okay. Um, and it was like the biggest, you know, and fucking Matthew Perry was coming back to television. It was Bradley Whitford. It was fucking everyone. And uh, and I was like, I'm gonna be on the show for fucking seven years. This is going to be the biggest fucking thing ever. I'm going to fucking line my car with my Emmy Awards. Um, rented a house in the Hollywood Hills when I moved here. It was like, I made it. Whoopsie. Uh, now I live in Brian's neighborhood. Hollywood lesson learned. Well, I mean, um, but you didn't, there was no, there was no learning from like the Pizza Hut check where you were like, no, man, spend like, that yeah. money. You're like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Even I'm still doing it today. I'll bring you over the house and show you my sports memorabilia that I throw money down the fucking drain buying. Still doing it. Still have a, an accountant who's like, "What the fuck yeah. are you doing?" It's like you yeah. still Dumb don't dumb. have a concept of like how nah, money man. can just—it's all free, out. it's all coming, man, yeah. all the time. Yeah, just wait for those checks. Yeah, dude. I don't know where they've been. It's been Whoopsie. six months. Uh oh. Uh, Hollywood Hills life. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember your brother was here for a birthday party and was like, "I think my brother's moving in your neighborhood." I'm like, "Really?" Huh. 
And two doors sure down. Yeah. That's only two one fucking doors down. One of the few, but I will say, he's still living the high life. One of the few houses in the neighborhood that has a pool. That's how we got to judge yeah. people. Right? Oh, God. It's a, it's a house that I've tried to buy several times. <laughs> they won't sell it. So <laughs> I'm actually, I've been going on open. I'm, I'm, I think we have this conversation. Yes, he's yeah. house hunting. Yeah, so I'm about to move. I oh, mean, really? Yeah, in the next couple months. Are you I married? Think. No. No. Single. Single. Yeah. No living, nothing, huh? No living. No living. No. Nice. Good for you. I man. have a friend right now. Oh. He has pals. Hey. Yeah, chums, I have some friends. Buddies. <laughs> cool. I like, like chums. He has fantasy football. Like I mean, it's Brian? all fine. Is Brian your friend? Brian's no, a good friend. I got, yeah. ki- I got kicked out of the fantasy football league. I know. I had to kick, I had to kick him out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they took it too seriously, and I wasn't taking it. His- he wasn't pissed, answering emails or I, trade emails. I pissed off. He's the worst. He, we had to One-word responses. He, yeah. Okay. They yeah. sent him, they the sent him over to my house. It was it was a it. serious decision. Like, you're going to have to whack him. And right. I remember... Exactly. Let's go out in the garage where your kids, aren't, your kids aren't... I'm pretty good at fantasy football, but I wait, just... Wait, wait. Boom. <laughs> two two guys got mad. On the two of the guys got mad. They sent they sent him over to kick me out of the league. It was, it was obviously the next year to let me know that I wasn't back in. So I wasn't taking it kicked out. I wasn't let back in. But <laughs> he came over. He felt so bad coming over. And I was kind of saying, I'm like, okay, it's all right, man. I, I felt I felt worse for him having to come over. Yeah, because you know that conversation. Hey, man, can you go talk to your friend? He's being a team. You're like, what? No, he's just, yep. it's fantasy football. Well, he's playing like an asshole. So yep. go over there. Either <laughs> yep. kill him or kick him out of the Brian, league. Brian, you said like, we, whenever he tried to invite, someone dropped out last year when you invited a new new guy and it was all based like well f- make sure that's not another Mr. Brian yeah we're gonna fucking answer we don't want emails. another Irwin that's scandal the first, that's the first question we ask like are you going to answer trade emails and if they say no <laughs> you're fucking not. sorry you're brother you're done that's hilarious. Ah, live and learn. It was the first time I had ever been involved in the intensity of yeah. That, at that life played. Yeah, but as but a never casual that person who knew that there was nothing at stake, so who cares? Yeah, because you, you have, have a, guys have a wife to... and a family and a life and like <laughs> no, actual responsibilities. Some of, the guys the, some of the guys actually know like a lot of them two. didn't at that time. At now they, they do. Now, now they, they do. do. Yeah, and so they're they're teetering. They better be careful. Yeah, not the, the emails don't get answered as quickly by a couple of guys who are married and have kids now. So. Well, they're going to go missing. Yep. <laughs> I have to ring their doorbell pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that? You don't want no, that house you, call? If, if, listen, I'm coming to your door. Chances are you did something to get me. You did, you're, you're out of the goddamn league. I'll tell you that right now. If Nate shows up at your house, you're fucked. Yeah. But they did invite me to the draft just to watch. <clears throat> you're kidding. No, they invited you. No, to the but they draft. do fun things though. So well, I because that, I missed because that draft we had two Playboy bunnies there. Oh, okay. who were serving beer and wings. You were oh, there for that one. Yeah, it was so- I had a friend of mine in the league who used to work for Playboy TV, and so he reached Playboy out to the Playboy TV casting. So yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, I PA'd for some girls next door stuff. A oh long God, time ago. holy shit! Yeah, yeah. your I friend's can't name imagine. isn't Wayne, is it? No, no. <laughs> uh, but he but he knew the guy who was in charge of casting. <laughs> And so he reached out to a couple girls and like, yeah, it was like... They loved threw it. Threw a couple hundred bucks. They were they, in bikinis and they, they handed they had, us beers and wings. They had a great time, And I got they? really high and creeped on them. And they were like, it's time to leave. Yeah. I was like, all right, Kenny Britt for $2. So like, time to leave. <laughs> I was like, you guys want to swim in the pool? And they're like, nope, nope. we want to leave your house. I was like, see ya. <laughs> Fantasy football. We were contracted for three uh, hours. We got to get the hell exactly. out of here. But I will always tell you, if you're any around, anywhere around Nate Cordry and 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 any type of sporting event, some of the best food in the business, man. This guy, I do take. Yeah, I take. I take seriously. care of. Yeah, I do. I do. 
Yeah. Ugh, the a lot of smoke, like a slow smoked pork in the, in the smoker in the backyard. What if I misunderstood what you said and took that as an invitation every Sunday to go to Nate's house <laughs> and bang on his door and be like, hey, man, I want some food? I'll clear it up right now. You can't come in my house <laughs> unless oh, I invite you. Oh, <laughs> that's it. That, that's all. Uh, maybe I should have waited. You know, it's the kind of thing don't ask until you just do it and then ask. I'll later, invite so. you, but if you show up on your own, you're yeah, not getting you're not into getting my house. In, right? No, I mean, that's here? crazy. Yeah. What if yeah. I showed up at your house? Hey, man, what's going on? Would you let me in? Sure. Yeah, you're different than I am. Yeah. I, have, no, I live in but, fear. But I, it's, it's so funny. Like, people don't, like, back in, like, before cell phones and shit, like, you would just go to your friend's house. Like, uh, I'm going to go to Chris's, see if he's home. You go knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. If Chris was home, he was home. If he wasn't, you went home. It wasn't yep. a big deal. Yeah. But, like, now, if, if if someone knocks at your door, man, like. Oh, it's crazy. You, I fucking, TV goes immediately to mute, and I yeah. tiptoe over the eye hole, and yeah, I'm yeah. like. Okay, I want to be clear about something. I want to be clear about something. People that I know, and this is the honest to God truth. Everybody I know in this neighborhood would never just come to the door and knock. You text or you phone call. The last person to ever come to my door and knock the on the door was the guy that ended up committing suicide a week later. See? You told con- that story in the podcast, right? Human- yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I did. Okay. Human- That's like three episodes. <laughs> Human contact is the ultimate suicide. Yeah. Now, he, he had one conversation with Brian that he didn't plan, and <laughs> yep. then he went and off himself. himself across the street. He planned that conversation. Yeah. He, he, I did not plan he that He spilled everything out that day, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you knew this guy too? No, this no. Is before I moved in. Oh, really? Like yeah, six but when or you seven come to the neighborhood, before, though, you get Brian to... told that. St- I, that's a story I tell. That's like all my friends, and they just can't fucking <laughs> believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's such well, an amazing story because the story's never about the dead body. It's about no, what it's, comes it's, with it's, the dead body. It's the line. It's 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 a mother saying, "I think he might have killed himself." <laughs> yeah. It's that. That's the. That's yeah. what I build to in the story. Yeah. That's the fucking. That's the home run, and yeah, then everything sort of trickles. Yeah, everything and the Halloween face yeah. is also the other <laughs> other joke that I build to. The Halloween. Huck was the first person I called. I had oh, to, yeah. I had to dump it on somebody. He, I dumped I, it on him. He was like, "Hey man, can I talk to you?" And I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" And like Natalie yeah, left exactly, with the kids. Exactly. I was like, "I was like, yeah, dude, what's going on?" He's like. I just saw a dead body. I was like, what the fuck? He's yeah. like, yeah, my neighbor hung himself. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and then like months later, he calls me. He's like, and now the old lady who lives there thinks you're taking showers and playing <laughs> move his way. Oh, do you know about that part? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're on, the, in her, on her TV. Yeah, on well, her TV. For some reason, the, the demographic of punk went way up and like 70-year-old women were watching <laughs> it. <laughs> or else she couldn't find her remote and it was just stuck on It was MTV. probably stuck yeah. on that. Oh, it was probably oh, on God. some sort of syndicated rerun. Right, just every night. The uh, So we, we bounced around, but it actually is perfect. Perfect. So, um, so you get the call. You go back to the Daily Show, and oh, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. you know, it's we'll, we'll bookend this with uh, semi-monumental things that happen in New York. One, one shitty, and one pretty cool. <laughs> very different. Very, very, different, very different. Very, very different. But you know, you you go back, and um, yeah. Can you just kind of why? Because John's never heard the story, so I want you to. Yeah, but t- but more then the going t- back was like, was Dan there? Was your brother there? Where did everyone go back? Well, yeah, or was it? it yeah, yeah I, I have it. I literally have it. The last episode. You haven't seen it? T-vote or DVR? I just yeah. haven't watched them yet. Yeah. So I'm you, you so behind. you get you get the call back to to go in. So now you are in New York, and we'll yeah. take it from there. So. Yeah. And uh, so I go there, and uh, I haven't been in that building in nine years since the day I left. And it was uh, it was just this very bizarre reminder of where I was when I was on that show, which was really anxious and filled with fear, and I hadn't been to therapy yet. And uh, and and also like it was a reminder. Like I've tried to. It'll never, it's never something I want to get away from, but there's always something in the back of my mind saying, you're here because of your brother. You don't belong here. You don't have a legitimate career. Everything that you've earned is through him. And I didn't, 
And I've been lucky enough because we sort of separated ourselves and we do di- different things that uh, I haven't had that conversation and I've gone to therapy again. <laughs> Dr. Greg, five and a half years, good work. Um, so I don't have it as much as I as I have when I was at The Daily Show, but it was it was an enormous cloud that was hanging over me when I was at The Daily Show. So going back was a reminder yeah. of all of that. Kind so of brought it, was, it all back. It brought it all back and I felt really anxious and sort of shitty about myself and I knew the bit was going to be the bit that we did was like the kid brother bit and I knew that that was going to be what it was and it was fucking awesome and fun to do and got a huge laugh but it also was just sort of like summed up my experience there which wasn't an experience that I had on my own right so um and being in the green room beforehand and during the show was just because I was seeing it through being Rob's brother I just felt like I didn't belong there. And I'm going, there's Carell, there's Colbert, there's John Hodgman, there's fucking Larry Wilmore, there's Helms, there's fucking Olivia Munn, there's Josh Gad, there's fucking Jason Jones, there's whoever, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I begin to compare myself to all these people. Oh, I'm going, the worst oh. thing you can do. Dude. It was just like yeah. a, like every person, every corner I turned, I was like, well, you blew it. You fucking blew it. And I left there going, and it, so it was very bittersweet. I went to the party and had some drinks, and my dad was there, which was awesome. Can I, I stop dad, you for one sec? Yeah. Because I want you to tell John, because you had, you had, and I know you haven't seen this, but when you actually watch it now, yeah. um, uh, y- your perspective of being on the show, actually your scene in the show, oh, yeah. is such a unique perspective of someone, of what, because of how you had to perform your bit. Yeah, I my, love this part of your story. So your, yeah. I had asked Nate, when I finally saw him when he came back, I said... Um, had you watched the show before? You I, I saw. Yeah, we okay. we had it on, and 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 Rob came on, and I said, "Oh, okay." So I'm guessing, and then the, the bit starts happening. I'm like, "Oh, Nate," and Natalie had said, "Oh, I think Nate's obviously Nate's going to be on this." I'm like, "Oh, cool, cool." So, um, but your pers- your perspective. So my, what I had asked Nate was when after I had seen him on the show, I said, "Were you ever? Did you ever have a moment where you're like the the monumental moment of like what you were a part of?" And then you told me the story about actually your bit. Yeah, so, I mean, John, you haven't seen it, but I, I, Rob comes out and is, like, so blown away, like, oh, my God, I can't believe he, and he's, like, getting teary, like, it's, God, so good to be back here, you guys were, like, family to me, and, and John, you were, like, a brother, and John is, like, well, you know. You have an actual brother. Yeah, exactly, he's, like, no, I don't think so, and he's, like, no, no, Nate is your brother, like, he was actually on the show, too, and he's, like, it doesn't ring a bell, <laughs> and so, and I'm hiding behind John underneath the desk, oh. and then I pop out, and I go, Rob. It's me, it's me. It's Nate. You're, I'm your. We were on the show together. I'm your brother. And then he's like, "Go wait in the, go wait in the fucking car." And I'm, and I like sadly walk off. You know, like he fucking kicks me to the curb. But I had to hide underneath the desk for like two minutes. Oh. So at a certain point during the show, when the camera is on someone else, I run in and hide behind this desk. And so Jason Jones's bit happens. Josh Gad's bit happens. And then my brother comes out. So during those two bits. I'm on my hands and knees in my fucking suit, staring at John's shoes. And he's in his chair, and I'm staring at the chair in John's shoes. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And my collar was very tight, and I can feel my fucking, my jugular pumping. Every, I haven't been that anxious many times in my life, but you feel, you can feel the blood pumping in your, in in your, your neck. neck yeah. And you're like, I'm going to pass out because this is too tight. And I'm going to pass out while I'm doing the fucking Daily Show. <laughs> what are my lines? And then I hear my cue, and I'm like, Whoa! <laughs> like standing up like oh god don't fuck this up because everyone in the fucking world is watching staring Dumb. right at you and just seeing John's shoes I was like this is this is a moment in television history and I'm seeing it from the perspective of John
John's fucking shoes. That's crazy, And I though. came up and like found the teleprompter, which I would, and I haven't watched, but I was like, oh, you're relying too much on the teleprompter. Just like act in the moment. I was like, no, you can't act in the moment. This is too fucking crazy. Yeah. So uh, it was just, yeah. So it was a little That's awesome though, man. And you're yeah. right. I mean, that's a perspective that nobody. <laughs> shoes. You know? It was just crazy. So... And, the fo- and the following day I had an audition. It was a weird thing. I had the following audition, I, and I, the following day, the following morning, I had an audition for a big play in New York. It was like 12 pages of sides and I was super prepared and I went in and I fucking killed it and I did really well and I didn't end up getting the part because the casting director who hasn't seen me in seven or eight years uh, who, but who's a great guy and has put me in things he was like I, Nate has changed Nate is no longer this like 25 year old like you know yeah. dumbfounded like like kid who's like spooked like what Why? well and it's like he has he's older and he has confidence and and he was giving me a compliment he was saying he had he had confidence and presence which is something every actor aspires to and i didn't really have that before but it cost me the job Sorry. and so i was like fuck i'm going to i'm in for Dark Nate went, you're in, you're in for a long period of unemployment, dude, because your face doesn't match your personality. Your face is still, I don't read 37, and yet my brain is 37, and the audience, producers are fucking dumb, and they need the easiest thing. They need to, they need to, uh, the, the audience cannot be convinced. You have to hand it to the audience that yeah. this person is this character and fits in this world. Yeah. And when the audience has to like, wait a minute, that's when you're in trouble. So that's when a producer doesn't cast you. And I was like, oh, I didn't get this part because I don't, because my face and my bald spot don't fit my, oh, fuck. Like, I'm not going to start working until I look 40. But aren't you on something right now? I was, but I left the show. Oh, left, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was on a sh- I was on that show, Mom, and okay. I left it last year because I was. Um, this is so other conversation. We're going right, way long. There's no way. No, that this, this is makes fine. It, right? You are currently fine. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Um, if, if you're fine, we're fine. No, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Uh, so I was on the show, and then they were never using me. And it wasn't like I would go in for one line. They just wouldn't write me in the episodes. So one, two, three, four, five episodes in a row, I wouldn't have a scene. And I was like, number three on the call sheet, and I was like this, supposedly in the pilot, which is where you base all your decisions off of, it's yeah. like these 30 pages, I was like the romantic lead opposite Anna Ferris with fucking Allison Janney. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm fucking doing that show. You're number gonna, goddamn three. Yeah, I'm going to kill someone to get that fucking show. And right. I'm going to be making network money on a show that's probably going to run for fucking 10 years. CBS doesn't cancel exactly, fucking anything. Exactly, and it's, <laughs> Chuck, and it's Chuck Lorre. They fucking owe that. That guy built... CBS. Yes, yes. Yeah. They owe him everything. CBS rang Jag, ran Jag for yeah, like 19 exactly. fucking seasons. And like four people saw that yep. show. No one's canceling shows <laughs> over there. Insanity, Yep, dude. they just let them fucking They're the live. opposite of NBC. NBC <laughs> exactly. Like, Here's two words. And like, no, nah, fucking done. done. Exactly. So, uh, so I was like, yes, 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 yes. And fought to get the job and get the job. And then... The first season was like, ooh, within like three episodes, we no longer had a romantic relationship, and I was just your boss. And I was like, okay, but this is, this, there's like still shit to play with because we have a history. And then by the end of the season, they weren't even using me. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm never here. Like, and I'm tied to this contract, of course, and I'm getting paid, but I have no, I don't work. I was like, all right, well, this, this, still, take the money and shut up. And then... The second season started, and I was in the first episode, and then I wasn't in the next six. Oh. And I was like, this is two months off, and I just had to sit on my hands and not work. Because you like, couldn't do anything. Couldn't you can't do anything. go audition. You can't, can't do anything. Can't do anything. Oh, that's I was good. like, uh, oh, okay. And I started having conversations with my manager. I was like, we got to get me out of this. And she's like, you have a six-year contract. You're under, you can't fucking leave. You can't. I was like, but they not they they never use me. They're just throwing money away. That's the argument. We go to them. We go, we're, we'll save you money. 
We'll save you money. You don't have to spend this money every week. And if I had a family and I had a mortgage and responsibility, I would have shut my mouth. You would have kept that job. Kept that fucking job. I would still be on that job today. But because I know that is in my future and I will have to compromise over and over and over and over again, which is the life of someone who lives a creative life, you have to compromise all the time. The only power you have is the power to say no. And I was like, okay, well, this is the time. This is the time because... This hair is not staying, and I'm gonna. When I ha- get married and have kids, I'll have to compromise in other ways. Don't compromise now. Fight. So it was a six month discussion. They were like, "What? Why do you want to leave? Yeah, I'm sure you. they were probably blown away by you just not wanting to. They didn't just, get it. They were like, "But no, we're no, no, just no. paying you to do nothing. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, no, but I don't want to do nothing. We have like, the money. They didn't get. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then that was it's like, okay, you can still pay me, but can I go on other auditions? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yeah, what do you know? And yeah. so it was this, uh, this. We had to convince them, and it took fucking months, literally months, That's going insane. up all the way to the chain of command to the head of Warner Brothers, basically, and saying, Peter Roth, like this, you're you're throwing money away. We went to business 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 management. It was like, <laughs> all right, go to the business side. Like, okay, guys, don't do this. And it was finally a conversation that 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 Chuck Lorre had with his main producer and saying he doesn't want to be here anymore. We're not using him. We're throwing money away. Let's okay, let's let him go. And they're like, Yeah, we don't really know where the character's going. So we have to stay, we have to keep you just in case the writer's room turns around and she falls back in love with him or something. And they finally got to a point where like, that's never going to happen <laughs> and we can let you go. So that was last like Thanksgiving. And then but they've used you since then. Yeah, the the second they released me from the contract, I was in two more episodes. Get the anyway. fuck, what? <laughs> so the all f- you have to do is say, "I don't want to party with you." The and people the, and will want to fucking party. You were going to come to this party. Yes. So every time I've gone into audition since then, I'm like, I should go in there saying, like, I, I don't, don't want give this. a fuck. I don't want this job. Yeah. And then you become someone they want. Yeah. When you have the power, when you have the power to say no and the power to choose, they want you at their party. Yeah. That hasn't gotten me many jobs since then. I'm still, I have an audition tomorrow for something I hope I get. But, uh, you know, that's, it was until I said no and turned them off that they were like, oh, 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 oh. well, they, they, yeah, come Here's back. Here's two more do, episodes. Yeah. But there's no bad blood between you or the cast. Or, None. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Zero. In fact, closer. No. Like, I'm, I've gotten closer with Anna from this because we've like, we've had to fight to sort of keep our friendship because I'm not there every day. So we right. have to like stay in touch more. Um, but I, I had a, such an awesome time. It was, it was so easy. Like it was easy going. Like yeah. there's no, uh, it was just, it was fun. Like doing a fucking sitcom is insane. Yeah. There's no hours. There's, there's like very little like mental strain because you're just, if you can negotiate a joke, you're okay. And if you can't, the writers will fucking put it on them. Like, it's their fault, and they'll fix it for you. Like, yeah. you're really treated like you're a child, basically. It's insane. So it was a very easy, wonderful work experience. It was great, and I didn't want to get off it, but I just was like, I need to try to chase things that are going to fucking feed feed me because I'm yeah. not getting fed. But I think that, I think your attitude is right. Like, you, you don't have a wife and kids and a big family right now, so you can afford to, yeah. you can afford to take these risks. You know what I mean? You're not going to be destitute financially just for a couple months so yeah you save your money and yeah. you're, you try to be smart about it but yeah it's there's uh i mean there's and of course like as soon as it happened i went through pilot season and there was like there was nothing i, I engaged <laughs> on one thing and i didn't get it and i was like oh and then it was like two three four five months in a row that i wasn't working i was like you fucking idiot yeah look what you, you did fucking, now look you, what you did you yeah. fucking dumb dumb you and your stupid <laughs> career you goals stupid ass so uh so i negotiated that for a couple months but then i've been able to do some things this summer so that's been helpful uh but uh yeah it's it's something i still sort of question but i'm glad that i did it i just hope that it 
I hope that the story will be when I get that awesome job that I'm excited and proud of and I work on for five years, that next big TV job. Hopefully that'll hopefully that'll happen and that I will say like I'm glad, I'm proud of myself for 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 uh, trying to take care of my creative brain. But it, it may so, not work out that way. I don't know. What's funny what's funny about uh to Nate uh, um he uh um my mom became a fan of yours uh, watching the law show, right? Harry's Law. Harry's yeah. Law. And then. Oh, Harry, and, and Harry's s- Law. Harry's Law. And, and uh, so then. They, uh, uh, Kathy Bates was the, uh, the star oh. of that show. And that was two, two seasons? Two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so when Nate got his new show, my parents are in their 80s. It's yeah. a show that parents love. Yeah. <laughs> Old people in, uh, in airports taught me about that one. Yes. Yeah. We <laughs> joked about that. So um, uh, there's a newspaper article about you in uh, Florida, right? Uh, your big fan base, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you guys can sew the rest of that together if you can't figure out uh, newspaper articles, Nate, old people in Florida. My dad is a snowbird. He spends his winters in Florida at a retirement community, a place called The Villages, that has like 150,000 people over 55. And there was a fan club. There was a Harry's Law fan club. Oh, wow. So I went down and like met that. <laughs> it was a front, front page of The Villages newspaper. Oh, that's fucking And he awesome. embezzled all their money. I have an amazing <laughs> photograph of me with like 25, like, you know, people in their seventies who were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "This is my demographic, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is my, this is it. These are my people." So Nate gets a new show, and I tell my parents, and they they record it right, and they uh, the first episode comes on, and uh, Nate's character, uh, I believe, is an adulterer. Yeah. So my mom is like, calls, and they're like, "Well, you know, we watched uh, that first episode of. Well, Nate's character is not exactly a nice man." <laughs> And I'm just kind of like listening, and I'm like, okay. And they're like, uh-huh. well, I don't know. I don't know if we could watch this every week. I was at my buddy Bill's wedding last fall, and his mother said the same thing. She's like, I love you, but I don't like that show, and I don't like you on it. And I was like, oh, all right, thank hey, you. Thank you. Thank you so Mrs. much. Thank you, Mrs. Johnson, yeah. for your opinion. I appreciate I, that. Because they want you to be, right? The, oh, shucks, everybody. Let me just kind of like fix things around here. And- but you're an actor. As an actor, yeah, you want to play You want to play somebody different than you that you can Absolutely. have fun with. You but exactly. here's the thing about old people. They don't that get it. They've got their ways. And you, it gets to a point in your life where like, if you go outside of the medians that they have created, it's like this is a bowling alley when they put up the pads when you're a little kid yeah you're not you're not, you're not the yeah. ball's not supposed to go outside the that bumpers, thing. Yeah. The bumpers right so you know they move back to their old people life and unfortunately things fall off the old people train you know yes uh, they do enough. they definitely do they definitely do <laughs> but the beauty of old people they love reruns yeah they'll watch that shit all they'll day watch long. the other stuff yeah you know they'll go back to the things that they loved yeah. Nick at night. Um, we'll wrap it up with this because I, I one of the things that I, that i that i like about nate a lot is that you uh, do something. I think it's every year, or at least you try to. Um, Nate picks. An, uh, he goes to see baseball stadiums with his dad every oh, year. Cool. And John, you're a big baseball fan, Love so baseball. that's yeah. kind of your thing. So so far, you and your dad have done how many baseball trips, and where we've have done, you guys gone? Uh, we've done three trips. We we started. Uh, we started in the Midwest. We went to. Uh, still, the greatest park we've been to is Wrigley. Yes, for it sure, is. of course. Boom, boom, oh, boom. God, it was so great. Um, we we did the Midwest. We did like Detroit and Milwaukee and Chicago and you did both in Chicago, Comiskey and Wrigley. No, we didn't go, oh, go to Comiskey. They were not, not in town anymore. But yeah, okay. right, yeah. But I hear that place is a dump. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, not one that we're hustling to get to. And then we did the Mid Atlantic. We did Philly and New York and um, and Baltimore and oh no, we did Washington. Excuse me. And uh, went we ended up in Toronto. Saw no hitter. Saw Verlander throw a no hitter. Awesome, which is awesome. Which he almost did last night actually. Yeah, I saw. I was watching that yeah. dude. 
two I hope outs. he comes back. I hope he becomes a pitcher again. It's a shame that he's fallen off. He's had such a shitty year. Yeah. Everyone's blaming Kate Upton, but I don't think it's her fault. <laughs> so he's going to blame a woman. I love that. Of course. That's what everyone says. Like, ever since he got with Kate Upton, he can't pitch anymore. Fuck that. I don't uh, care. I wouldn't want to pitch either. Yeah. <laughs> Business who tend to. And I've been on the did, web. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we did, uh, my nephew came this last time, which is amazing. We did Cincinnati and, uh, uh, what the fuck? Cincinnati and St. Louis. And Kansas City. Ooh. Uh, so we're we're next year. We're gonna do the West Coast. Yeah. Which I can't Padres, wait. Dodgers, yeah. Angels, A's. Not gonna do the A's because that place is a fucking toilet. But that's just... the worst stadium in sports. And we un- I will not drag my father to wow, that okay. Oakland College. I went there once, seven or eight years ago, and there was it is the worst stadium besides the San Diego football. Stadium. So you had already been there anyway. Yes, so. I already been, and it's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's just it's so disgusting without any sort of history and personality. Yeah. San, of course, we go to San Francisco and then up to Seattle. Yeah. Okay. So that's next year, but it's a great it's just a great bonding experience with my dad to be in a car for a bunch of hours. It's less about the baseball, more about like the food and the conversations we yeah. get into in the in the road trip. So it's been awesome. So yeah. I can't wait till next year. That's all. That is that's that's cool, man. I've always wanted to. Th- you know, if I could just get my name out there, I'd just schedule a stand-up tour that coincided oh, with being be great? at home games of all these yeah. places. I just yeah. do stand-up at night, see a day game, then get out of town. Yeah. Like, hey, do you know April Richardson? Stand-up? Uh, yeah. She's, she uh, she did a tour this uh, spring built on Morrissey, because oh, she's wow. a fucking Morrissey obsessive. <laughs> wow. So she just saw like 15 Morrissey shows and and just went on tour and scheduled dates at places, I think she was open up for someone else, but um, but she or maybe she's on her own. I'm not sure, but she like spent two months on the road following Morrissey and doing stand up. Wow, like, yeah. See if you can That's, if, if you, you can, can do work it. Them, yeah. she, she was able to figure do it, it out. That's you know? great, man. So you build something you want to see, and then you just do your work around that. Yeah. And the baseball yeah. thing, I forget now. Was that because your love for baseball came from your father, or was it just a shared love? Uh, yeah, she, like a shared love. Yeah, I just was always. I just got into the Red Sox when I was a kid. Like every, you know, it was just something that all. Kids in New England get say, into. If you didn't, you were probably beaten senseless. Yeah, and yet my brother wasn't was never a big sports fan. Like him and his friends weren't as into it, but me and my friends, we were obsessive about it. I was a huge wiffle ball kid. I played little league. Like I was just, I watched games all the time. I had a surgery. I had a double hernia surgery when I was ten, ah. and yeah, they hadn't dropped. So the doctor had to come in and drop the nuts into the nutsack. So I come home after that surgery, and we didn't have Nessun, which is the pay cable channel where half the games yeah. are on and i came on this is still the greatest gift that my mother and father gave to me and then i'm like do you want to watch the red Sox?" and i'm like sitting on the couch like barely moving because my fucking nuts hurt so much and i was like they're on nesson and he goes that's okay and turns on channel 20 and it was the red Sox game and they got they ordered, they ordered just for just, you yeah just for me and my nuts yeah so thank you mom and dad <laughs> just oh. me and my nuts and his nuts have been fine ever they've since they've been fine they haven't they haven't moved they're still there ladies so <laughs> i'm making babies if you want one <laughs> Um, uh, they're dropped and ready to go. My nuts are dropped and ready to go. And that's how we wrap up this interview. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect ending. Always end on a dick joke, right? Absolutely. See, Absolutely. you knew a little bit about stand-up comedy. Yeah, that's for sure, John. Yep. John finishes the show with a fart noise, so we're pretty much going to cover everything at the point. Yeah. yeah. Butts yeah. and butts and nuts. Butts Thank and you nuts. so much for coming over. Yeah, my thanks. pleasure. It was a great. Really yeah. That was yeah, great. It was, uh, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. We enjoyed it. Oh, that. this was a blast. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, uh, 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 anything? You, anything? Oh, you plugging anything? Oh, yeah, yeah I'll sorry. plug my podcast. I have a podcast called Reading Aloud, which I do on the Wolf Pop Network. It's every Friday. It's like a reading series, interview, book podcast. I like reading, so it's in a, um, I'm trying to bring 
books and book clubs to the masses. Oh, I guess wow. it seems like this thing that's only like smart, like weirdos do, but it's actually something that anyone can do. I just, I became a big reader in my 30s and now I'm trying to spread the love. So it's called Reading Aloud. I do it every Friday. You can check it out on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your, your comedy podcasts. So check it out. And are you still doing your live show? Yeah, every month I do a live show, live version of the podcast at the UCB. Yeah, oh, every cool. second second Sunday of every month. Yeah, so if you're ever in Los Angeles, you should check that out. It's, I'm a, it just it'll be right on the uh, UCB calendar. Yeah, right? at UCB Franklin, a second Sunday at seven thirty. Oh, we it's actually good. I have been to it. It's actually really fun. Yeah, yeah. Brian came a couple months ago. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. Thank you again, Nate. My Thank pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 